This is false and defamatory, the impact of defamation and weaponized social media. Trigger warning. This podcast discusses topics related to emotional abuse, gaslighting, verbal abuse, threatening language, cyberbullying, intimidation tactics, and thoughts of self-harm which may be triggering for some listeners. The content includes descriptions of manipulative behavior, psychological distress, body shaming, online harassment, and other forms of abusive behavior and emotional trauma. Please take care of yourself and consider your mental and emotional state before listening. If you need support or someone to talk to, please seek help from a trusted friend, family member, or mental health professional. Thank you for listening. So we did it. The trial started. And now we are in day two. And not surprisingly to literally anyone, in the middle of the night, the defendant made a Facebook post about what was going on at the trial. And that post said, going to sleep with a heavy heart. Today was hard. I won't lie. Not being able to share my truths and having to listen to untruths. It physically hurts your heart. But I've spent the last decade building people up online and creating a safe and motivating community. And I won't ever stop. Aside from being a mama, being your encourager has been the joy of my life. I am strong, I am genuine, I am honest, and so are you. I am on your screen because God truly wanted us to cross paths today, and I'm thankful you're here. Sleep well and rest assured that tomorrow is a new day. I pray it's your best day yet. This is a public post indicated by the Globe towards the top of her profile name, and among the comments, some of her followers say, praying this madness is over soon. Do not let them steal your joy, beautiful. Why didn't you get to share? I am thankful your online store brought us together 10 years ago. I can always count on you and the community you have built is amazing. God's got this. I pray that all this craziness ends soon for you. Your heart is so genuine. I'm blessed to have found your page. Prayers that those that are telling the untruths are brought to justice. May the hold they have on you and those you care about not just be broken, but shattered. I pray that you have more joy than sadness and more love than hate. You help so many, even through your darkest times. You encourage and uplift so many. Continued prayers that you may find the same encouragement through faith, loved ones, and true friends. You've already won. It just doesn't feel that way. Keep swimming, and you know you've got so many people praying for you. I'm so glad that I found you. And then the defendant responds on this post and says, Praying God hears me, though I couldn't share what I wanted to. So the judge has clearly stated that nobody is to talk about this case at all in any way, shape, or form. And he actually specifically said, do not post about this on social media, which had the judge not specifically said that, it's sort of understood when you're in litigation. However, like I said, unsurprisingly, the defendant posted because she has made it very clear that she does not respect the law. She does not respect the legal process. And she has made a mockery of this entire process up until this point. So why would she not continue to do that? So she did make this post. 
I believe it was about three in the morning when this post was made. So we are in day two and it is 9.06 a.m. And the judge says, all right, we'll go on the record in cause number 96-321678-20 Wrighton versus, and then says the defendant. We are now on the record outside of the presence of the jury and we will bring the jury in Mr. Sheriff. And then the bailiff brings in the jury and the judge says, thank you. Be seated, please. Good morning, everybody. We are back on the record. I hope y'all had a nice evening. If you will come on up, we are still in the direct examination of Crystal Wrighton. You're going to need your computer, I take it. Elizabeth says, yes, your honor. The judge says, all right, you may proceed. And I had already been sworn in from the previous day, so that still applies. Elizabeth says, good morning, Crystal. And I say, good morning. Elizabeth says, so yesterday we kind of talked a little bit about the fear that you've been living with. This kind of at this point in time and at the time that these statements were made, did you fear for your personal safety? And I said, yes, Elizabeth says. And at the time that these statements were made by the defendant, did you fear for your family's safety? And I said, yes. Elizabeth said, and why is that? And I said, as I've stated, my home was about 0.3 miles from the defendant's warehouse business location. Many of her followers had been to my home and knew where I lived. Elizabeth then said, now turning the court and counsel's attention to what has been previously marked as Exhibit 8. Now, Crystal, this is a follower comment on the defendant's November 17, 2020 Facebook post, which I believe we saw with the jury yesterday. Is that right? And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, can you go ahead and read this comment? Defendant's attorney says, Your Honor, I'm going to object as hearsay. This is a post somebody else made that's being offered for the truth of what's asserted therein. The judge says, I'm sorry, which exhibit is this? And then Elizabeth says, this is a follower comment that is attached to the November 17th, 2020 Facebook post, Exhibit 3, that's already been admitted into evidence. The judge says, I'm sorry, which exhibit is this? And then they go back and forth, and ultimately the judge is able to locate the exhibit and says, that's an evidence you may proceed overruled. So he has overruled the defendant's attorney's objection. Elizabeth then says, Crystal, you can go ahead and read this comment. And I said, did some snooping. Is this the disgusting excuse of a human? Wow, her family is about to be turned upside down due to her antics, but I can see why she is such a jealous person. So sad she needs Jesus. Elizabeth says, and the picture that is attached to that comment, do you recognize that picture? And I said, yes. Elizabeth said, and can you describe that picture for us? And I said, this is a picture taken of myself and my son after a school event that he had. My son has been cropped out. Elizabeth said, and this is a follower comment on defendant's November 13th, 2020 Facebook post, which is exhibit one and has been admitted as exhibit one. Can you please read the blocked text there? And I said, it's truly disgusting how these girls sleep at night. If only I knew where they lived. Elizabeth said, and this is a follower comment from defendant's December 2nd, 2020 post, which has been admitted into evidence. Defendant's attorney says, your honor, I'm going to object again. It's hearsay. The judge says, which exhibit? They go back and forth determine the exhibit number. And the judge says December 2nd, 2020 post 14, exhibit 14 is in overruled. Elizabeth then says, Crystal, can you please read this boxed statement as well? I said, them girls better be glad I live in the great state of Tennessee or I would kick their profanity. I know we've never met in real life, but I've already decided you're a part of my family. I will go ghetto on their profanity if I ever see them in real life. Elizabeth says, and these comments that have been made so far, did you know any of the commenters? And I said, no. Elizabeth said, and again, another comment from defendants December 2nd, 2020 post, which has been admitted into evidence. Can you please read that boxed text? And I said, and Crystal, honey, you need serious mental health because you are a sick 
F word profanity. Elizabeth says, and now do you know the person that commented? And I said, yes. Elizabeth said, has she been in your home before? And I said, I don't believe she's been in my home. We've been together, I believe, at the defendant's business warehouse. Elizabeth says, and another follower comment from defendant's December 2nd, 2020 post that has been admitted into evidence. Can you please read the boxed statement here? I said, but I'm 100%. Just wait till I beat your profanity kind of girl. Elizabeth says, and do you know the commenter? And then lists her name. And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, and who is she? And I said, I believe she did some work for the defendant with modeling. She was also what we called a brand stylist when I worked there. I also had contact with her. She provided testimonials for the website when I worked there. I corresponded with her pretty regularly once she became a brand stylist when I worked there. Elizabeth says, and in your time working with the defendant and in your friendship with the defendant as well, were there any of her followers that had been to your home before? And I said, yes. Elizabeth said, about how many would you say? And I said, two specifically stayed in my home overnight. And there were maybe two to three others that had also been to my home. My sons had a lemonade business and they came to the lemonade stands. Elizabeth says, and after these statements were made about how many retraction letters were sent in this case? And I said, eight retraction letters were sent. Elizabeth says, in turning the court and counsel's attention to what has been previously admitted as Exhibit 300, Crystal, is this the first retraction letter that you sent to the defendant? And then Elizabeth says, I'm just going to use the Elmo for this one. And what an Elmo is, it's kind of like an old school overhead projector, except you don't have to use clear transparencies. You can just project paper. And so in this instance, she has all of the retraction letters and is going to use the Elmo so that she can project to myself and the jury and the judge and the defendant what is on these letters. The judge switches so that she can use the Elmo. And then Elizabeth says, there we go. Perfect. Crystal, is this the first retraction letter that you sent to the defendant after her statements began? And I said, yes. Elizabeth said, and what is the date on that retraction letter? And I said, February the 4th, 2021. Elizabeth said, and the first post that is dealing with on this retraction letter is the November 13th, 2020 post that we saw yesterday. Is that right? And I said, yes. Elizabeth said, and the last post that is on this retraction letter is dealing with what would be January 14th of 2021. Is that right? And I said, I believe so. Yes. Elizabeth says, and you would agree with me that in this particular retraction letter, there are 25 different defamatory statements included. And I said, I believe there are 25 posts with multiple defamatory statements in each post. Elizabeth says, and would you agree with me that there are 173 specific defamatory statements included in this first letter? And I said, I agree with that. Yes. I would just like to point out that the time frame of this letter was roughly two months. In two months, there were 25 separate posts with 173 specific defamatory statements. Elizabeth goes on to say, now, is this the second retraction letter that you sent to the defendant? And I said, yes. She says, what is the date on this letter? And I said, May 10th, 2021. Elizabeth says, and is this dealing with the videos that began, well, videos and posts that began on January 30th of 2021? And I said, yes. Elizabeth, and it deals with posts going until February 24th of 2021. Is that right? And I said, yes. Elizabeth, and would you agree with me that there are about eight total social media posts in this letter? And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, and you would agree that there are about 19 different defamatory statements included in this letter? And I said, yes. Then Elizabeth says, and this is the third retraction letter that you sent to the defendant in this case. And I said, yes. Elizabeth, and what is the date on this letter? And I said, May 26, 2021. Elizabeth, and is this dealing with posts beginning March 1st, 2021? And I said, yes. Elizabeth, and does it deal with a post up until April 25th of 2021? And I said, yes. Elizabeth, and would you agree with me that there are about 24 different social media posts in this one letter? And I said, yes. Elizabeth, and would you agree that there are about 58 total defamatory statements included in this particular letter? And I said, yes. Elizabeth, and this is the fourth retraction letter that you sent to the defendant in this case. And I said, yes. 
Elizabeth, and what is the date on this letter? And I said, August 4th, 2021. Elizabeth, and is it dealing with posts that began on May 14th of 2021? And I said, yes. Elizabeth, and it's dealing with posts that were made up until June 18th of 2021. And I said, yes. Elizabeth, and would you agree with me that there are nine total social media posts in this letter? And I said, yes. Elizabeth, and there are 42 specific unique defamatory statements included in this one letter. And I said, yes. Elizabeth, and this is the fifth retraction letter that you sent to the defendant in this case. And I said, yes. Elizabeth, and what is the date on this letter? And I said, September 1st, 2021. Elizabeth, and you would agree that this is dealing with posts that were made on June 23rd of 2021 and dealing with posts up until August 24th of 2021. And I said, yes. Elizabeth, and you would agree with me that there are 28 total social media posts in this one letter. And I said, yes. Elizabeth, and you would agree with me that there are 114 different unique defamatory statements included in this one letter. And I said, yes. Elizabeth, and Crystal, is this the sixth retraction letter that you sent to the defendant in this case? And I said, yes. Elizabeth, and what is the date on this letter? And I said, November 3rd, 2021. Elizabeth, and is this dealing with posts that began on August 25th of 2021? And I said, yes. Elizabeth, and it ultimately deals with posts up until October 2nd of 2021. And I said, yes, Elizabeth. And you would agree with me that there are nine total social media posts in this one letter. And I said, yes, Elizabeth. And there are also 22 defamatory statements included in this one letter. And I said, yes, Elizabeth. And Crystal, is this your seventh retraction letter that you sent to the defendant in this case? And I said, yes. Elizabeth, and what is the date on this retraction letter? And I said, May 5th, 2022. Elizabeth, and is this dealing with posts that began on February 5th of 2022? And I said, yes. Elizabeth, and it includes posts that were made up until February 27th of 2022. And I said, yes. Elizabeth, and in this letter, there are 20 or there are 10 separate social media posts included in this one letter. And I said, yes, Elizabeth, and you would agree that there are 28 total defamatory statements included in just this letter. And I said, yes, Elizabeth. And finally, is this the eighth retraction letter that you sent to the defendant in this case? And I said, yes, Elizabeth. And what is the date on this letter? And I said, June 20th, 2022, Elizabeth. And this was dealing with posts that began on March 22nd of 2022. And it was dealing with posts up until March 24th of 2022. And I said, yes, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, and there were three separate social media posts included in this letter. Is that right? And I said, yes, Elizabeth. And there were seven separate unique defamatory statements included in this letter. And I said, yes, Elizabeth says, and in total, in these eight retraction letters, there were 463 unique defamatory statements included in these letters. Is that right? And I said, yes, Elizabeth says, and to your knowledge, has defendant retracted or apologized for any of these statements since receiving these letters? And I said, no, Elizabeth says, has defendant continued to post these statements since the eighth retraction letter? And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, now to your knowledge, when was the last time defendant posted about either you or these proceedings? And I said, last night. Elizabeth says, now yesterday we talked a little bit about your interview with the company that you were planning on working for. Is that right? And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, and when you were interviewing with this company about how much were you going to make had you accepted the job there? And I said, 90,000 is what I had been given as my salary requirement. And 90,000 is what the HR and then the defendant's attorney says, objection, your honor, to the extent she's going to offer hearsay testimony of what the HR department told her. Elizabeth says, I can rephrase the question, your honor. The judge says, rephrase. Elizabeth says, what was your understanding of what the salary was going to 
to be at that company had they contacted you after your last interview? And I said 90,000 per year. Elizabeth says, and your interview process with that company, well, your last interview with them was around the time, the beginning of November, is that right? And I said, yes, that's correct. Elizabeth, and when did these posts from the defendants start? And I said, November 13th, 2020. Elizabeth says, now, I know you spoke yesterday about your therapy visits in this case. Is that correct? And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, and who is your psychologist that you see? And I said, Dr. Sean Lee. Elizabeth says, and about how many therapy visits have you been to in the last almost two years? And I said, I don't know the exact number. I go about every week or every other week. Occasionally when there are holidays, we take longer breaks. Elizabeth says, and turning the court and counsel's attention to what has been admitted as Exhibit 118. Are these the bills from Higher Ground Psychological Services, Dr. Sean Lee? And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, and are these the visits that you had between the times the posts were made on November 13th of 2020 until now? And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, and about how much have you spent on therapy in the last almost two years since this first post? And I said, over 10,000. I think it's around 10,500. Elizabeth says, and you also mentioned yesterday that your blood pressure went up since these posts have been made. And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, did you see a doctor for that? And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, and have you, were your prescriptions changed after visiting with your doctor after these posts were made? The defendant's attorney says, objection, your honor, to the interjection of the phrase doctor. The term doctor, the PA that is being seen is not a physician. And the judge says sustained, which means they have to disregard the references to a doctor. And the judge says rephrase. Elizabeth says, when you visited Holly Roberts, the PA that you see for your visits, did she change the prescription that you were using at the time because of your heightened blood pressure? And I said, yes. She increased my blood pressure medication and also prescribed two medications for anxiety. Elizabeth says, and did you have to pay for these prescriptions out of pocket? And I said, yes. Elizabeth says, and is this the billing for those prescriptions? And I said, these are actually billings for my appointments. Elizabeth said, okay. And about how much did you have to pay for your appointments to have your prescriptions changed? And I said, around 300 and something, maybe four or 500 total. Elizabeth says, now, has the defendant responded to any of your requests to stop making these posts? And I said, no. Elizabeth says, and prior to November 13th of 2020, had you ever seen a therapist before? And I said, no. Elizabeth says, turning the court and counsel's attention to what has already been previously admitted as Exhibit 91 in this case. Your Honor, if you could turn it back to the computer. Elizabeth says, now this video was posted August 21st of 2021. Is that right, Crystal? And I said, yes. And then Elizabeth says, and what is the view count at the bottom of this video as it was being made at the time? And I said, 1,881 views. Elizabeth said, to your knowledge, what is the total view count today? And I said 33,600 views. And I just want you to know that everybody, everybody truly knows they do. So when you walk in that nail salon and you look around and you're like, oh my God, did they know? Did they know what I did? Did they know? Do they like when you walk to the, when you go to Sam's Club or Costco is really much when you go to Costco and you see that girl with the logo medallion on her shirt, and it makes you feel weird in your stomach, like, oh my God, does she know what she did? She, does she know what I did? She knows. And she doesn't like it either. She wouldn't still be wearing that shirt right now if she liked what he did. I would never wish that on anybody. But I wish that on you. So the video that was played at the time had 33,600 views. That video is still live on the defendant's Instagram today and now has a few more views, 33,700 views. Meta still has not taken this video down. The defendant still has not taken this video down. Elizabeth says, Your Honor, at this time, I'll pass the witness. And so that video was the last thing that the jury saw when Elizabeth was questioning me. And so then the judge says, 
to the defendant's attorney, would you like to cross-examine? Defendant's attorney says, we'll reserve your honor for the defense's case in chief. The judge said, you may call your next witness. Thank you, ma'am. You may step down. I then step off the stand. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Then Elizabeth sort of passes off to Sarah and Sarah says, Your Honor, at this time, the plaintiff calls the defendant. The judge says, all right, come around here, please, and raise your right hand. And then the judge swears her in and says, you may proceed. Sarah says, thank you, Your Honor. Good morning. I want to make sure I refer to you correctly. Do you prefer? And then Sarah lists two different last names and asks the defendant which one she prefers. And then she tells her. And then the judge says, if you're going to speak softly, you'll need to use the microphone. And he was actually talking to Sarah because she's pretty soft-spoken. Sarah says, I'll speak up. And if you need me to, Your Honor, I'll move. Thank you. And then Sarah says to the defendant, good morning. Thank you for being here. It's my understanding through the testimony that has been provided yesterday that you are the owner of a shopping boutique, a clothing boutique called defendant's company name. Is that correct? Defendant, that's correct. Sarah, and how long have you owned the company? Defendant, like 11 years. Sarah, so it started sometime in 2011. Defendant, uh uh-huh. Sarah, is that a yes? Defendant, that's correct. Sarah, and it's also my understanding that you are currently the 99% owner or shareholder of defendant's company. Is that right? And defendant says, that's correct. Sarah says, and the other 1% is owned by defendant's husband. Is that still the case? Defendant, that is correct. Sarah, throughout the existence of the company, has it maintained the 99% ownership through you and 1% through your husband? Defendant, yes. I think on my tax returns in 2018, he put that he was 10% owner, but I don't really, he's always been 1% to me. Sarah, mistake, it looks like. Defendant, yes, correct. Sarah, but to your knowledge, you've always been not just the majority shareholder, but the 99% shareholder of the business. Is that right? Defendant, correct. Sarah, you were here yesterday when my client, when Crystal talked about how you first met her in the fall of 2015. Is that your recollection? Defendant, no, it's not. Sarah, okay, is it your belief that you met her earlier than that time? Defendant, correct. Sarah, was it through your shopping boutique? Defendant, kind of. We were at, it's a shopping event called Chi Omega Christmas. Sarah says, and that's, I believe that my client discussed that, that that was her recollection as well, that y'all first met at Chi Omega Christmas, which some of y'all, especially the men on the jury, may not understand what that is. But Chi Omega Christmas is a collection of shop owners and boutiques that gather in a warehouse and each have stalls set up for customers to go from stall to stall, usually before Christmas. Is that right? Defendant, correct. Sarah, so you agree with my client that your first meeting with Crystal was at this Chi Omega Christmas. Defendant, it was there. It just didn't happen the way she said. Sarah, okay, but it is your agreement that you did meet at Chi Omega Christmas. Defendant, correct. Sarah, and was that in the fall of 2015? Defendant, that is not correct. 
Sarah, okay, do you believe it was earlier than that? Defendant, yes. Sarah, when do you believe that you first met at Chi Omega Christmas? Defendant, I think 2014. Sarah, okay. So, and so it looks like you're off by about a year between my client's recollection and your recollection. Is that right? Defendant, correct. Sarah, but you would agree with me that you first met my client at Chi Omega Christmas. The earliest would be 2014. Defendant, I believe so. Sarah, okay. And it's true that after that time, you and Crystal began an acquaintance type relationship where she began shopping at your company. Do you recall that? Defendant, incorrect. Sarah, okay, you do not agree that my client began shopping at your boutique following your initial meeting. Defendant, I do not agree to that. Sarah, okay, did she buy any clothes from you following the fall of 2014 as you recall? Defendant, so we don't have, I don't have any data for our shopping system before 2016, but my first recollection of, and I told her later on after I had already hired her, that I never equated the girl I met at Chi Omega with the girl standing in my office right then. When she told me she was the same person, I was like floored. She looked completely different. And that was the conversation that we'd had. My first recollection of Crystal Wright was when she used to come to our storefront in 2018. Sarah. Okay. So you don't recall there being any purchases from my client between when you began, when you first met her in 2014 until 2018. Is that right? Defendant, that is correct. Sarah, but she did begin buying clothes from you to your recollection in 2018. Defendant, I know for sure she used to come to the storefront when H was working in 2018. And then I thought my first meeting with her was at the store's birthday party in 2018. Like we took a picture together. And I was like, it's so nice to meet you and your daughter. Like I thought that was our first meeting. And then later on, I realized she was the person that I had met years ago at Chi Omega when I had gone in her booth to try to hide from the chaos of the market. Sarah, and as you sit here today, do you have any data, any recollection that my client did or did not buy clothes from you when you first met in 2014 or 2015 until you recall meeting her in 2018? Defendant, I didn't know I needed to get it, but I can look it up. Sarah, my question is, then the judge says, hang on. Wait until she finishes her answer before you start the next question. So he's kind of reprimanding Sarah here. Sarah says, yes, your honor, I'm sorry. The judge says, you may complete your answer. Defendant, I said I didn't gather any data. I didn't know it was going to be a question. I'm happy to get whatever you want me to. If she purchased in 2016, I'm thankful for the purchase. But I'm just saying, as far as my recollection goes, I thought me meeting her, and this is a conversation we've had, me meeting her at my storefront was the first time I'd met her. Sarah, and my question for you is, you've told us that you don't have the data before 2016. Defendant, uh-huh. Sarah, so as you sit here today, you can't tell us whether or not Miss Wrighton bought clothes from you, can you? Defendant, I could probably figure it out. Sarah, okay, so you're saying that her testimony that she began purchasing clothes from you from the time that she met you, which she believed was in 2015 until she began working for you, you disagree with that testimony. Defendant, I disagree with most of that, yes. Sarah, that she did not buy clothes from you? Defendant, so our Shopify website started in 2016 in April. So if she started shopping, that's when I would see like the data that's available to me right now. Before that, we were on totally different platforms. So I could go into like our old accounting and find out if she's purchased anything from me from 2015 to, or whatever she said the original date was to 2016. I just didn't know it was going to be a topic. I'd be happy to provide it. Sarah says, that's fine. You said you began your online clothing business in 2011. At that time, were you active on social media sites? Defendant, Instagram didn't exist yet, I don't believe. Sarah, were you active on Facebook? Defendant, yes. Sarah, okay, did you begin selling clothes on Facebook in 2011? Defendant, no. Sarah, when did you first begin utilizing social media as a platform for your sales? Defendant, 2011, but I didn't start my business selling clothes. 
Sarah, okay, did you begin an online presence in 2011? Defendant, yes. Sarah, when did you first start selling clothes on Facebook? Defendant, probably at the end of 2012. I think I remember doing a pop-up shop at the end of 2012. Sarah, at that time, did you currently have, at the same time, have your boutique, your in-person storefront? Defendant, no ma'am. Sarah, what years was your storefront? Defendant, 2015 to 2018. Sarah, and since 2018, you have not had a traditional storefront where someone can walk in off the street and purchase items. Defendant, correct. Sarah, so from around 2011 to 2015, at any time you would sell your product, which then transitioned into clothes, it would be through at first Facebook. Is that correct? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and then you added Instagram to your social media platforms to sell your clothes following Facebook. Defendant, we sell through our website, but we talk about the clothes through social media. Sarah, you market through social media. Defendant, correct. Sarah, both Facebook and Instagram and any other platform now? Defendant, no, just Facebook and Instagram. Sarah, and has it maintained Facebook and Instagram since Instagram came into inception? Defendant, I deleted my Facebook, like archived it when all of this stuff like started going on just because I didn't want anybody like I had said I'd posted on social media before. I don't want anybody like seeking out the drama. Once you figure out what was going on, like you didn't want to be in that cycle anymore, I got over the anger. Sarah, did you delete your personal Facebook or your business Facebook? Defendant, I didn't delete it. I just archived it. Sarah, and when you archived it, is it still available for users to view and see? Defendant, no. Sarah, you would agree with me, though, that in November of 2020, you were still utilizing Facebook as an online platform. Defendant, like, was I using Facebook for myself? Sarah, yes, ma'am. Defendant, yes. Sarah, okay. Defendant, but not my page with 200 followers on it. Sarah, you would agree with me that in evidence is a Facebook post from November 13th of 2020 where you have written about what you believe the incident with my client is. You agree writing that on Facebook. Defendant, on my personal page, not my business. Yes. Sarah, now, is it your testimony that you archived your personal page or your personal and your business page? Defendant, my business page. Sarah, did you archive your personal page? Defendant, I just started a new page so that there was no, like, nothing to do with anything, any of this mess anymore. I just don't want to be involved in it. Sarah, but you still maintained your Instagram account. Defendant, yes. Sarah, okay. And just so the jury is clear, in November of 2020, you had a Facebook page for, at that point in time, the business. Is that correct? Defendant, correct. Sarah individually? Defendant, correct. Sarah, you also maintained a personal page. Defendant, a personal page. Sarah, you also maintained a Facebook page for your business. Defendant, I archived my business page. I don't know when the actual archive date was. Sarah, my question is, in November of 2020, did you maintain your personal page and the business page? Defendant says, factually speaking, I couldn't tell you the exact date that I archived the business page, but my personal Instagram is and always has been private. I'm going to pause here and I'm going to read the legal definition for perjury. Perjury, the offense of willfully telling an untruth in court after having taken an oath or affirmation. So the defendant has just said that her personal Instagram is and always has been private. The clip that I'm about to play was not played in court, but it has been played in this podcast. So I just am going to play it again to remind everyone. There's 500 freaking people on this video right now. You've got to be kidding. Hi, guys. But I'll tell you this. If it was not for this little bitty screen right here, and I deleted my Facebook, I uh, made my Instagram private. And that video clip was from February the 15th of 2022. That was from a live video that was created after the defendant had given her deposition.
Back into the court transcript. Sarah says, I'm specifically talking about Facebook right now. Defendant, oh, I couldn't tell you an exact date. Sarah, leading up to November of 2020, did you also have a personal Instagram account? Defendant, I did. Sarah, did you also have a personal, excuse me, a business Instagram account? Defendant, in what month? Sarah, leading up to November of 2020, defendant, correct. Sarah, has your personal account with Instagram always been private? Defendant, until a few weeks ago when I thought I was going to make it not private after talking to people that said it didn't matter if it was private or not because I never wanted, I never have wanted my following to grow bigger than it has. And I've said that a million times on social media. I never intended on being an influencer. I've been online for 10 years and I have 20,000 followers, 20 something thousand followers. Most people who have been online and had this kind of success with a business would have had a million followers by now, but that's never been my goal. And I've always talked about wanting to keep that circle as small as I could. I know it sounds. And then Sarah says, isn't it true that your Instagram profile was public until 2021? And defendant says no. So once again, she is doubling down that her Instagram has always been private, but we know that that is not the case. Sarah says, so you disagree with that defendant? I definitely disagree with that. Sarah, but there's no doubt that your business Instagram account has been public from the inception of that account. Defendant says, correct. Sarah, and in fact, you utilized that business Instagram site as well as the business Facebook site and your own personal Facebook site to communicate with your community, your community that you've just described of more than 20,000 followers. Defendant, that's like a two-part question. Yes, I use it to communicate with my followers. I did. I haven't made a post on my store Instagram in probably almost a year, but I did not talk about this personal issue on my store Instagram. So I'm going to pause here once again, and I'm going to, again, remind us of a post from the store Instagram account made on December 2nd of 2020, where the defendant actually uses mine and H's name. And this is an Instagram story. And the text on the screen says, this Saturday, I'm going to be sharing several different families' Amazon wish lists. Make sure you nominate a family via our website or swipe up on this post. I just want to help out families who have had a rough go at 20. 20. I feel like we all have, but I know there are some families who just keep hitting those rough patches. So if I can use this platform for good, I will. To be clear to the crystals and H's of the world who want to be negative, I will not receive commission for any of these items from Amazon. All of the wish lists will come directly from the families and the purchases will go directly to them as well. It's almost embarrassing that I have to say that, but there are some very ignorant and jealous people out there as we've recently figured out. Additionally, the following Instagram story was made on the defendant's store Instagram account. Okay, I'll be very honest with you guys. Over the course of the last like six months, some of my employees who are no longer here um, made it their job to go on our social media and remove followers. There has been over 4,000 of our followers removed since March. And I talked to them about it. Not I talked to them about it. I, said flat out she asked crystal if she removed followers so that's the god's honest truth anyways so obviously if one thinks the other one did it then and they're both guilty right now of other stuff then you know anyways so um and that's the thing when it's facts you can say those things out loud without any kind of repercussions so i tell you all that to know to say if you're not following us right now or some of y'all have messaged me today and said i can't believe i'm not following your store account i've been following your store account for so that is why we've had hundreds of people message us and say, I'm taking off your account. I ordered from you on Tuesday and I'm not here anymore. So that's why you may not be following us. It's not that I removed you. 
Okay, is it recording? Oh, yeah, hands-free. Okay. Anyways, I accidentally recorded the whole, I mean, deleted the whole last story I just had. Anyways, it's not that I'm, like, deleting y'all. A lot of y'all are telling me this right now because I said that you should be following our account, and I guess a lot of y'all are starting to follow now and then figuring out that you weren't following us before. So I totally understand. I don't think it's you that, like, unfollowed us or anything like that. It doesn't make a difference. I don't care if you followed me today or yesterday because I already know that that has been a situation we have been dealing with for months now, honest to God. Um, they told me the whole time that it was because I was making these political posts and I didn't understand that because I would get so many positive responses about my political posts. So they were like, yeah, you lost 2,000 followers over your Trump post. And I'm like, God, oh, that's a lot. Like, I'm not even that popular to lose that many in one day. But girl, if you see something crazy, you should ask questions with your business because that is what I did not do and I wish I did. Luckily, Instagram can tell you every picture you've ever liked, commented on, every name you've ever changed to, every... Sorry, I talked too much. Anyways, Instagram can tell you all of that information. So if you ever have any questions about what's going on with your social media, I encourage you just to stop and ask questions because I did not ask questions because I trusted people for a long time. And I kept thinking, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I did something wrong. Maybe people hate me. I don't know. But my sales were good and everybody was so nice to me in real life and in my DMs and I just didn't know any better. So sorry, girls, mission not accomplished. I'm still happy. I'm still in my pajamas at one o'clock in the afternoon, living my best life in my pretty cat giving away money to my friends on the internet whether they're following my store account or not so just know i know a lot of y'all are trying to explain why you're not following my store account and i already know that that's an issue so i'm not holding it against you at all i am giving back to people who buy my store like my post comment on my post especially my store post for sure because that gets like the least engagement because i don't ever post over there but that's what's important to me people who pour into me i want to pour back into you but just know it takes a lot more than some crazy people to keep me down you guys i was like born and bred to be a positive human my life work is to show people that you can go through really hard things and still be a very happy human so once again this was not played in court i'm just reminding us now and that video was from december 24th of 2020 so she's saying here in her sworn testimony on the stand that she has never talked about this personal issue on her store instagram but we just saw in a written post and in a video that she in fact had so moving on in the transcript, Sarah says, what did you talk about this incident on? And then the defendant says, my personal Instagram that's private. Once again, she is trying to say that her Instagram is and always has been private, which we know is not correct. Sarah says, how many followers do you have on your personal Instagram? Defendant, I think 27,000. Sarah, and how many followers do you have on the store Instagram? Defendant, oh gosh, I haven't opened it in forever. Maybe 60,000. I don't think I've posted since October of 2021. Sarah, and that is the store Instagram. Defendant, correct. Sarah, okay. Do you know how many followers you have on your Facebook page? Defendant, I have 200, maybe 300. Sarah, and prior to shutting down your store Facebook, how many followers did you have? Defendant, I couldn't tell you. I don't even know a ballpark number. Sarah, now, Miss Wright and Crystal talked yesterday about the business setup and how you and your employees communicate with your customers. And I believe that she described how your social media is a very integral and important part of your communication with your customers. Would you agree with that? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and in fact, as you stated earlier, that's where you do your marketing. Defendant, correct. That's one of the avenues. Sarah, okay, one of the avenues is through social media sites. You post videos of the clothes that you are selling. Is that right? Defendant, correct. Sarah, there are links to your website. So the clothes that you are marketing, they can then go to your website and purchase those items that you have shown on these social media accounts. Is that true? Defendant, correct. 
Sarah. And it is something that you utilize, you personally utilize to communicate, to talk about yourself and your product to your online community of more than 20,000 followers. Is that right? Defendant, can you clarify the question? Are you asking if I talk about that on my personal or my business Instagram? Sarah, let's talk about both. Do you ever utilize your personal Instagram to market your items for your company? Defendant, if I'm talking about what I like, if I mentioned what I'm wearing that day, yes. Sarah, do you provide links in your personal Instagram to your company shop to point your customers, your followers to your website to purchase the items? Defendant, sometimes. Sarah, on your personal page, do you live stream? Defendant, on my personal Instagram, Sarah, yes, ma'am. Defendant, yes. Sarah, in fact, there are times where over the last, since the fall of 2020, that you have live streamed sometimes up to two hours at a time. Is that right? Defendant, they typically cut you off at an hour. Sarah, and after that hour, have you at times restarted the live stream? Defendant, maybe three times in my life. Sarah, during the time that you have utilized the Instagram page for the business, do you live stream from that site? Defendant, say that again. Sarah, do you live stream from the store Instagram site? Defendant, we used to well over a year ago, not live stream like talking about my personal life, but talking about clothing. I would like to pause here and point out that in the footage that we have seen throughout this podcast, the defendant has created a live video on her store Instagram page with defamatory statements in it on the following dates, December 28th of 2020, April 13th of 2021, April 14th of 2021, April 22nd of 2021, April 25th of 2021, April 28th of 2021 and October 7th of 2021. Those are just the ones that we have seen throughout this podcast. So here she is saying that she has not ever gone on a live stream on her business page talking about her personal life, but only talking about clothing. But we know that that is also not correct. Sarah goes on to say, so it's your testimony that you keep a very, when it comes to your personal life, you keep a very distinct separation between your personal Instagram account and your business account. Is that fair? Defendant, I wouldn't say that. No, I wouldn't say that I do that every single time. I try to, but I just don't. If you're implying that I make those videos where I'm putting on my makeup on my store Instagram, those are usually on my personal Instagram. Sarah, and thank you. I appreciate that. But my question really was, do you do these live streams on your Instagram, on your business Instagram page. Defendant, so there is a difference in the live streams. If I'm at the warehouse and we're talking about clothing and it's me and another model, we typically, it would typically be on the store Instagram. If I'm doing a get ready with me and talking about my life as I've done for the last 10 years, then I'm typically on my personal page. Sarah, have you ever done a get ready with me on your business page? Defendant, maybe. I wouldn't want to say no over the last decade of my life, but it's not something that's typically done. I definitely try to keep a separation between the two. Sarah, now at any time in your Instagram posts on your personal page, do you have any sort of connection to your business page? Defendant, I don't understand the question. Sarah, sure. What is the name of your Instagram account? What was the name in fall of 2020? And then defendant gives the name and it has her name and then it has from and then it has her business. So it is directly tied with her first name and her business. And that is what she refers to as her personal social media account. Sarah, and in your posts on that account, do you ever hashtag your business or any identifiers for your business or personal page. Defendant, I'm sure I have over the last 10 years. Sarah, and you likely have a number of your accounts on your posts on your personal account. Isn't that true? Defendant, say that again. Sarah, it's likely true that on a number, a majority of your posts on your personal account, you have either tagged or made some sort of hashtag to your business. Defendant, incorrect. 
Sarah, but you are, and then she lists her Instagram account on Instagram. Defendant says I'm, and then she gives her modified account name on Instagram now. Sarah, now, but in November of 2020, you were the prior account name that has the business in it. Isn't that right? Defendant, correct. Sarah, now over the 10 years that you have been utilizing social media, either through Facebook or Instagram, you have amassed 20,000 plus followers. Is that right? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and these followers are people that you reach out to every time that you engage on any of your social media platforms. Is that correct? Defendant, say the question again. Sarah, sure. Whenever you engage or whenever you post on your social media platforms, it is your intent to communicate with your followers. Is that right? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and in fact, you call yourself an influencer. Defendant, no, I don't want to be an influencer. I've always said I don't want to be an influencer. I make jokes about it now because that is what it is, but everybody who knows me knows that's like not my MO. If I could be called anything other than that, it would be amazing. I would like to point out that whenever the defendant first started giving her testimony, she's stated that she was an influencer. Sarah goes on to say, ma'am, do you recall giving a deposition in this matter? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and do you recall being asked? I believe the deposition was on February 15th of 2022. Is that right? Defendant, that is correct. Sarah, and you were there with counsel and you were able to sit down and answer questions from Crystal's attorney. Do you recall that date? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and do you recall giving your deposition at that time? Defendant, yes. Sarah, and do you recall being asked about first what an influencer is? Defendant, perhaps. Sarah, okay, do you recall being asked what is an influencer and your response being a person who influences? Do you recall providing that testimony? Defendant, I'm sure I did. Sarah, okay then, do you recall then being asked, have you ever represented to anyone that you were an influencer? Do you recall that question? Defendant, I don't remember if they asked me that or not, but I've had people ask me that before and theoretically that is what it is. It's just not something, you're not proud to be an influencer. Like I'm proud to be an encourager or a motivator or someone who brings women together in this community, but not to say an influencer, Sarah. And in fact, thank you, defendant. In fact, the question asked was, have you ever represented to anyone that you were an influencer? And again, do you recall your response? Defendant, I probably said yes, because like I said, that is the technical term for what it is as much as I don't want to be it. Sarah, okay. And I don't want to get into a back and forth, but you have represented to other people that you are an influencer. Defendant, correct. Sarah, and when you say you're an influencer, it means that you have people that follow you and in your words, trust what you tell them. Defendant, yes. Sarah, in fact, when you were asked what that means for you in your deposition, those are the words that you used. Is that right? Defendant, likely so. But I would hope that anybody that follows me trusts me. Sarah, in fact, you've stated that you've cultivated a community over the last decade. Defendant, yes. Sarah, and that community is made up of, I don't want to make an assumption, but from reviewing the case, it appears to be women who follow you. Is that right? Defendant, correct. Sarah, women who follow you because they shop at your store, would you agree with that? Defendant, no. Sarah, some do. Defendant, some do. Sarah, and others? Defendant, a lot do not. Sarah, but others follow you because they trust you and are interested in what you have to tell them. Is that right? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and in fact, you've stated that there are people that take what you tell them on these Instagram sites as the truth. Defendant, well, yes. Sarah, in fact, you said you hope so. Defendant, I mean, wouldn't you? 
Sarah, my question though is, when you were communicating with this community that you have created of more than 20,000 people, you were providing information to them and providing it because they trust you. Defendant, well, you build that community and you build that trust. You don't just get it given to you. Sarah, but these people trust you. Defendant, I mean, I would assume so. Sarah, now going back to your relationship with Crystal, your recollection of meeting her varies according to what you've told us today than what she has said, but there is no question that she began working for you late spring of 2019. Is that correct? Defendant around April of 2019. Sarah, and you don't dispute that testimony that she began working for you around April or May of 2019. Defendant, I don't dispute the date, but it definitely didn't happen the way it was told. Once again, I'm going to pause here and I have gone over these texts in a prior episode where the defendant is texting me about needing an operations manager and me giving her the choices of I can either do this job for you, I can help you find someone, or or I can do it until you find someone or just provide you with advice. And so here she is saying that's not how it happened, but I have shown in prior episode the actual text messages where that is exactly what had happened. Sarah, okay, but you hired her in the spring of 2019, defendant correct. Sarah, and then she worked for your company from, as you've said, April of 2019 until her resignation in September of 2020. Is that correct? Defendant correct. Sarah, and she resigned on her own. Is that right? Defendant correct. Sarah, you didn't fire her. Defendant, no. Sarah, and in fact, the resignation, it surprised you. Defendant, yes. Sarah, caught you off guard. Defendant, correct. Sarah, you did not have any understanding or belief that Crystal would be resigning on the date that she did. Defendant, yes. Sarah, have you spoken with Crystal Wrighton in any way since she left your warehouse in those early days of September 2020? Defendant, I have not spoken like as far as received a message back from her, but I had asked her if she was okay. Is everything all right in September of 2020? Sarah, was that a voicemail or a text? Defendant, a text message. Sarah, other than that communication, is everything okay? Are you all right? Have you had any other communication with Miss Wrighton with Crystal? Defendant, no ma'am. Sarah, and those communications were in September, approximately two months prior to your first post on Facebook on November 13th of 2020, where you specifically named my client in that post. Is that correct? Defendant, correct. Sarah, before you made that post in November, on November 13th of 2020, at any time did you reach out to my client, Crystal? Defendant, correct. Sarah, at any time after September, after she left and you left that text message in early September 2020 and until November 13th of 2020, did you reach out and have any sort of communication with my client. Defendant, I did. Sarah, okay. What was that? What did you say? Defendant, I texted her asking if everything was okay. I'm just going to pause here and say that she never sent that text. And she says it twice here that she had texted me and asked if everything was all right or if everything was okay, but that text never happened. I never received that. Sarah, and that's what you just told us about. Defendant, uh uh-huh. Sarah, the September 2020 text. Defendant, yes. Sarah, my question is a little different. Between the text where you asked her if she was okay and your first Facebook post on November 13th, 2020, did you reach out to Crystal in any way? Defendant, I don't believe so. Sarah, did you mention Crystal in any of your Facebook posts or Instagram posts from when she left in September of 2020 until that first post on November 13th, 2020, where you specifically named my client Crystal? Defendant, I don't believe so. Sarah, it's on that date, November 13th of 2020, that you began telling your community, I believe they call themselves your army. Is that right? Defendant, no. I mean, I don't know if they have said that. That's not how I refer to them. Sarah, you refer to them as your internet friends. Is that correct? Defendant, yes, correct. 
Sarah, okay, there are people in your community that do refer to themselves as your army. Would you agree to that? Defendant, however they call themselves. Sarah, and on November 13th of 2020, you began telling your internet friends, your community of more than 20,000 people, that my client Crystal had done horrible things to you. Is that right? Defendant, say the question again. Sarah, sure. November 13th of 2020, you made your first post on Facebook where you told your community, as you've described them, your internet friends, that my client had done horrible things to you. Defendant, on November 13th, I shared my life experience as I'd always done the last decade, letting them know that my other employee and I had just gone to the police station to talk about what we were going through at the time involving Crystal, Sarah. And without having a decision from the police department, without allowing the police to have an investigation, you began your own campaign against my client, accusing her of having at least nine profiles on a hate blog. Is that true? Defendant, like the way you're saying it is not how it happened. I only had conversations with Crystal about the stuff that's written on that blog. Not a single other person on the planet. Not my husband, not H, nothing. Sarah, ma'am, you accused my client of having nine different hate profiles or nine different profiles on a hate blog. Is that right? Defendant, technically, H told me. I went through, H and I had a conversation. Sarah, your honor, at this time, I would object. The judge says sustained. That was a yes or no question. Let me have the court reporter read it back. You need to listen to the question. It's a yes or no question. Answer the question and then stop and wait for the next question. Court reporter, would you read that question back, please, sir? The reporter says, the question is, ma'am, you accused my client of having nine different hate profiles or nine different profiles on a hate blog. Is that right? The judge says, you may answer the question. Defendant says, yes. So this is sort of the first warning from the judge. Sarah, and it's true that you accused her of stealing text messages from your phone. The defendant says, incorrect. I'm going to pause here because we have already seen all of the posts that she has accused me of that. But here she is not only saying it here, but she is about to double down on all of that. Sarah, and you've never accused my client of going into your personal iPhone or your personal iPhone iCloud account and removing messages. Defendant, all of Crystal's text messages were removed from my phone November 3rd, and her now husband's text messages to me are saved under Crystal's names. I did not accuse Crystal of doing that, but that is what happened. Sarah, but it actually is true, and we can pull back the Facebook post there in evidence where you accused my client on November 13th of taking those actions, taking action to remove to steal those text messages from your phone and your iCloud account. Defendant, that's incorrect. Sarah, you accused her of trying to ruin your business and your life. Defendant, that is correct. Sarah, and of deleting a video obtained at your attorney's office. Defendant, that's incorrect. Sarah, you did not accuse my client of somehow going into your iCloud and deleting a video? Defendant, that is correct. Any statements about an iCloud had nothing to do with Crystal. I'm just going to remind us of the posts that were made where the defendant says, or just convince her to erase my text messages from her, literally WTF, or did you think about that by yourself? And FYI, I have a new iCloud password. And as y'all saw, that two-factor authentication is strong. Scared you, didn't it? You got up quick. She goes on to say, oh, right, I forgot. Such Christians, someone called Jesus. He done saw y'all's texts, like I always say, and y'all got mine, plus my pics downloaded. Not smart. So go right ahead, mamacita. Keep digging those holes. Then she goes on to say, ask H to send you the recording from the attorney's office last week. Bet she don't. I'd send you mine, but y'all know it's deleted, but also recoverable and not in my hands. So the defendant is saying that she has not accused me of all of that, but we had already read those posts 
in day one of testimony. Sarah, but you believe that she somehow removed text messages from her to you. Defendant, no ma'am. Sarah, even if you said so in that original November 13th, 2020 account. Defendant, some of the stuff you showed yesterday was posted about H and you said they were about Crystal and they weren't. Sarah, and you've talked about both H and Crystal together and separately, but most of the time you were distinguishing between Crystal and H. Would you agree with me? Defendant, I tried to. Sarah, and in that first November 13th, 2020 post, it was clear what you were accusing H of and what you were accusing Crystal of. Defendant, I wouldn't say it's clear if you have questions. Sarah, I'm just trying to confirm what you did on that day, ma'am. Defendant, I did not accuse Crystal of hacking into my iCloud. Sarah, you did accuse her of stalking you for more than a decade, is that right? Defendant, I wouldn't say for more than a... Did I say more than a decade? Sarah, you did say more than a decade on that date. Defendant, well, technically, the first account that H confirmed what she told Crystal were exact instances was 10 years ago. Sarah says, in your honor, again, I would object as, and then the judge says, let her finish the answer before you make your objection. And then he says to the defendant, you may finish your answer. Defendant says, thank you. So technically, when H said, I told Crystal specific things, never knowing she would talk about it on the blog, the original post was, I think, April of 2012, which would make it about a decade. Sarah says, your honor, object to hearsay as to what H told her. And then the judge actually overrules that objection, which I do find interesting, but he said overruled. Sarah, one of the accusations that you've made in this claim is that my client Crystal began stalking you sometime around 2012. Is that correct? Defendant, that's correct. And your belief that she began stalking you sometime around 2012 is based upon statements that were made on the hate blog called GOMI. Defendant, say the question again. Sarah, sure. It is your position in this case that my client first began stalking you, your words, in or around 2012. Is that right? Defendant, I absolutely believe that. Sarah, and is that because of what you believe are GOMI posts that date back to that date? Defendant, correct, by specific accounts. Sarah, I understand that, and it's your testimony that my client was behind. You said nine in that first post, but throughout, you've accused her of being behind dozens of accounts. Is that correct? Defendant, no. I think there are nine solid. I have had these direct conversations with her. No one would know how much, how many miles my car was over. I told her a specific number for my dollars. It was over my lease. I'm going to pause here because she is saying that she has only ever accused me of being nine profiles, but we had read some post yesterday where she says, and as you know, no troll blog is going to keep me down. There was a reason I would tell y'all that it was so confusing that some website would literally talk about the opposite things that are happening in my life. And yes, I wish I Googled me sooner, but a hate blog doesn't want trouble when 90% of the posts come from the same person. That's not good for revenue or appearances. Defendant goes on to say nine accounts that specifically I asked her to book my Airbnb and that account talks about booking my Airbnb. I didn't tell anybody else on the planet about that. And that person also posted in 2014 and still posts to this day this week. The judge says, all right, we'll take a break. It's 10.07 a.m. We will reconvene at 10.20 a.m. We are in recess. The jury leaves the room and then the judge says, all right, two things. Both of y'all need to use the microphone. He's referencing the defendant and Sarah. He says, you've got a microphone there. Use it. Use it. Everybody in the room has to hear you. The second thing, then he calls the defendant's attorney by name. I need you to instruct your client that when a yes or no question is on the table, she needs to say yes or no and then stop. If she wants me to break in and give the jury the impression that she is running on and on, we have to make a record here. The defendant's attorney says, yes, sir. The judge says, and there's no way to make a clean record when she refuses to follow the rules and has diarrhea of the mouth and keeps running on and on. And I'm not going to have that in the record. 
Defendant's attorney says, yes, sir. The judge says, now, if you want me to control it my way, I will, but you need to have a talk with her about that. Defendant's attorney says, I will do my dead level best, Your Honor. The judge says, counsel, don't cut off an answer. Sarah says, sorry about that, Your Honor. The judge says, okay, you need to let me, I'll handle it. Sarah says, yes, sir. The judge, if she doesn't follow the rules. Sarah, yes, sir. The judge, but you need to follow the rules and let the answer get in the record such as it is and then make your objection, but you can't cut it off because I don't know if it's responsive or not until I hear the answer. Sarah, yes, Your Honor. The judge, all right, see you at 1020. Sarah, thank you, Your Honor. And then we had a recess from 10.08 a.m. to 10.25 a.m. and brought the jury back in. The judge says, all right, bring the jury in, please. Come on up. All right, counsel, scoot up to the microphone. Scoot up to this microphone. You may be seated. Sarah, thank you, Your Honor. Defendant, I'm going to do better to try to use the microphone. If you can't hear me for any reason, please let me know. Wave your hand or say, Sarah, I can't hear you, okay? Defendant, okay, thank you. Sarah, defendant, I just want to make sure that the jury understands your business relationship. We have been talking about your company being your boutique, but the actual name of the company is, and then she gives the legal name for the business. Is that correct? Defendant, that is correct. Sarah, and this has been the case since you started your business in 2011. Defendant, no, I think originally my husband had set up a different LLC and then we changed it later on. Sarah, but as of November 2020 through today, it is, and then she names it. Defendant says that is correct. Sarah, thank you, ma'am. You told us earlier that you stopped posting as defendant's original account names sometime between November 2020 and today's date. Is that correct? Defendant, that is correct. Sarah, isn't it true, though, that you continued posting as that account through February of 2020? She says 2020, but I believe she means February of 2022 based on the following exchange. Defendant says, I wouldn't be able to tell you exact dates. Sarah, if there is video from February of 22 that is from that account, you would agree that you were still utilizing that. Defendant, yes. Sarah, throughout the pendency of this lawsuit, you had been sent what are called requests for admission. Is that correct? Defendant, that is correct. Sarah, and would you agree with me that through the process, there were 358 statements that you agree were made by you? Defendant, I can't answer that with a yes or no. Sarah, okay. If the evidence shows that there are 358 admissions where you admitted that you made a statement related to my client, Crystal, you have nothing to dispute that. Is that correct? Defendant, that's incorrect. Sarah, you do not believe that you made 358 statements about my client, Crystal? Defendant, yes. Sarah, you have, though, seen the eight letters of retraction that were sent to you from January of 2021 through August of 2021. Again, she meant 2022. Is that correct? Defendant, they were sent to my attorney, but I saw them just now. Sarah, and it's true, at the time of your deposition, you agreed that you had seen those as well. Defendant, I'm sure. Sarah, in February of 2022, you were asked if you had reviewed the eight retraction letters, and you said yes. Defendant, I don't think I said yes, or I don't know if I said yes or not, but I didn't review them. But I'm not saying like, I don't just want to say yes, because I can't tell you that I looked at all of those letters between then and now. Sarah, you would agree that the letters which are admitted as Plaintiff's Exhibit 300, the letters detail each of the statements that my client alleges you made. You agree with that? Defendant, yes. Sarah, and you agree that each statement was based upon something that you had posted on a social media account. Defendant, but not about her. Sarah, that's not my question. I want to make sure you understand. Each statement was something that you had posted on a social media account. Is that correct? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and you were asked by my client over eight different times with hundreds of different posts that were made to remove those. Is that right? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and to this day, have you removed, first, have you removed any of the posts that are identified in Plaintiff's Exhibit 300? Defendant, yes. Sarah, 
You have removed them by archiving your Facebook account. Defendant, incorrect. Sarah, okay, how many have you removed? Defendant, probably all of them that you've shown earlier. Sarah, so for the ones that were shown in the last video shown, it was not removed at least before there were 33,000 views. Would you agree with that? Defendant, well, you asked me if I had removed posts and the videos were different, so I removed the posts that you have shown. Sarah, you have not removed the videos? Defendant, I don't think if it's still there, then no. Sarah, other than archiving your Facebook account as of February of 2022, when you gave your deposition, you had not removed any of the other posts. Is that correct? Defendant, that's incorrect. Sarah, and again, those are just Facebook posts, the written word. Defendant, yes, I removed the ones where people were commenting, and I stated that I didn't want them to. Sarah, I'm sorry? Defendant, and I had stated that I didn't want them to, and that's why I was removing it. Sarah, but the posts were up long enough for your community to comment on them. Is that correct? Defendant, some of them. Sarah, and the first one from November 13th of 2017 included posts that were attacking Crystal. You would agree with that. Defendant, I wouldn't call it an attack. I would call it me sharing exactly what I was going through at that moment, as I've always done. Sarah, your truth is what you've called it. Defendant, correct. Sarah, your truth, knowing that you had more than 20,000 followers who were reading your post. Defendant, incorrect. Sarah, who were seeing your post. Defendant, incorrect. Sarah, that had the potential for 20,000 followers to see your post. Defendant, can I answer with more than a yes or no? Sarah, my question is, you posted knowing that there was a potential for 20,000 plus followers to see those posts. Defendant, incorrect. Sarah, we know that one of the videos that were shown yesterday, there were ones that have more than 4,000 views. Defendant, but a view is not an individual person. But ma'am, it had 4,000 views. Is that correct? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and today we showed one that had 33,000 views. Is that correct? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and that was from people in your community, your internet friends. Defendant, I mean, I can't tell you who saw it. Sarah, so sorry. Your intent was to publish that to your internet friends, your internet community. Defendant, correct. Sarah, and your intent in telling, as you've called it, your truth to tell them your story. Is that correct? Defendant, correct. Sarah, because you have told us that your followers believe you, that's your goal, that they believe you and that they trust you. Is that right? Defendant, I wouldn't say, I don't know that that's my goal. So I would say, I don't know how to answer that with a yes or no. Sarah, fine. I'll ask it again. You told us earlier that when you set out to create this community, you didn't have any idea that it would grow to where it did today. Is that true? Defendant, correct. Sarah, but it has grown to 20,000 plus members of your community to where you are an influencer. Whether you like the word or not, you are an influencer to this community. Defendant, okay. Sarah, is that true? Defendant, yes. Sarah, and you have followers, and there are also people that can view these that aren't your followers. Is that right? Defendant, my Instagram is private. Sarah, but yesterday we showed a video that had a public viewing on it. Is that correct? Defendant, that's incorrect. You showed a post. Sarah, a post, excuse me. The post had a public viewing on it. Is that right? Defendant, yes. Sarah, so whether it be your posts or videos, you have at least a 20,000 person community that is following you. Defendant, incorrect. That's two different platforms. So I have 200 friends on Facebook and 20,000 followers on Instagram. The posts were Facebook that were public. The videos on Instagram are private. Sarah, and in fact, the posts that are public on that Facebook, if someone is named when you Google that person, because it is public, that person's name can come up. Is that true? Defendant, incorrect. Sarah, but you agree that anyone can view a public profile on Facebook. Defendant, I don't know that anyone can view it.
Sarah, now during the time that my client worked for you in the years leading up to September of 2020, it's my understanding that you also had a separate account that detailed the building of your home. Is that right? Defendant correct. Sarah, I believe that it was a separate account called and then gives the account name. Defendant correct. Sarah, would you post updates about the process of your house build through that Instagram site? Defendant, yes, ma'am. Sarah, and you would post videos of the build. Is that right? Defendant correct. Sarah, you would show copies of the blueprints of the plans on that site. Is that correct? Defendant, not in their entirety, but yes. Sarah, you would video yourself in the home discussing the process of your build. Is that right? Defendant, correct. Sarah, you showed videos of the process from the start of the Instagram account and the build through the completion of construction. Defendant, correct. Sarah, and not even just the completion of construction, but through the build out and when you made it your home, when you added all of your personal touches. Is that true? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and these were very detailed posts through this time. Would you agree with me? Defendant, some were, some weren't. Sarah, okay. You would talk about your plan for the design of your home. Is that true? Defendant, correct. Sarah, you would talk about things like square footage and the details of the actual build of this new home. Defendant, can I answer that without a yes or no? Sarah, my question is, you would talk about the details of your home, including things like square footage. Defendant, not the correct square footage. Sarah, but you would discuss the square footage of the home. Defendant, I would discuss the square footage that I wanted them to. How do you say that? The real square footage that was on the blog was not the same square footage that I said in the video. Sarah, my question was a little different. My question for you is, you discussed details as specific as the square footage of your home on your home Instagram page. Defendant, I don't know how to answer that. I guess I can say yes, I don't know. Sarah, maybe I can ask a question that will allow you throughout the pendency of your construction and design, which took years, correct? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and you discussed everything from the layout and the blueprints of the home. Is that true? Defendant, not in its entirety on purpose. Sarah, but you did discuss the plans for your home. Defendant, correct. Sarah, and at some point you included information related to the blueprints of the build of your home. Defendant, yes. Sarah, and you talked about the ins and outs of home building, problems with contractors, problem with architects, problems with just what happens in the build of a home like you were doing. Defendant, correct. Sarah, this was something that you posted on an almost daily basis about what was happening with the build of your home, especially as you got closer to that final move-in date. Defendant, I wouldn't say on a daily basis, but I posted there quite a bit. I posted there quite a bit. Sarah, because the site is no longer an active site, correct? Defendant, no, I still have it. Sarah, okay. It's just not something that you post on on a regular basis. Defendant, no. Sarah, and you were candid about the difficulties that it was of building a new home. Would you agree with that? Defendant, yeah, I try to always be transparent. Sarah, and in doing so, you let your community, your internet friends into that process. Would you agree with me? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and that actually is very indicative of how you interact with your internet friends through your Instagram profile, your personal page, your home page, and your business page. Is that true? Defendant's attorney says, I object, Your Honor. Counsel is testifying here. She added, and isn't that true at the end of the statement, but that's really more of a testimony on behalf of counsel than it truly is a question. The judge says, it's a leading question, which is allowed on cross-examination. Defendant's attorney says, okay, and the judge says, overruled. Sarah says, and ma'am, I'm sorry, I don't know if I got your answer on that. Defendant says, I don't know if I understand the question. Sarah, sure, that's fair. I'm sorry. Like we were talking about on your home Instagram profile, you were very open and allowed your community access to your life through this home building process. Would you agree with that? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and that was very consistent with how you utilize your first, your personal Instagram. Is that right? Defendant, incorrect. Sarah, okay. On your, what was the personal Instagram 
until sometime in early 2022. Isn't it true that you would utilize that site to talk about your day-to-day goings-on? Defendant, yes. Sarah, good. Defendant, yes. Sarah, bad. Defendant, yes. Sarah, hard days. Defendant, yes. Sarah, you talked about all of that. Defendant, yes. Sarah, would you say that you were open with your community, with your internet friends? Defendant, yes. Sarah, and that's something that you would pride yourself on, your transparency. Defendant, yes. Sarah, isn't that right? Defendant shook her head. Sarah says again, isn't that right? I'm sorry. Defendant says, yes. Sarah, something that you believe has brought people into your community is your ability to be real with them. Defendant, yes. Sarah, and in doing so, you would at times spend at least an hour on Sundays, if not more, on Instagram Live with them. Defendant, yes. Sarah says, I think you called it getting ready, getting ready with defendant, right? Defendant says, getting ready with me. Sarah says, getting ready with me. I'm sorry. And you're getting ready with me is when you would get ready for the day. Defendant, correct. I think we saw a couple of those videos where you would get ready for the day and talk with your followers, your community, your internet friends about what was going in your life, correct? Defendant on my private Instagram. I just want to point out that she keeps trying to say that, but we know that her Instagram was not always private. And she has actually said in her prior testimony that she knows it doesn't matter if her Instagram is private, but she keeps harping on that. Sarah goes on to say, your private Instagram that has more than 20,000 followers, defendant correct. Sarah, and in doing so, on hundreds of occasions, you would reference my client either by name or by narrative or situation. Is that true? Defendant incorrect. Sarah, incorrect. And so when my client would send you these retraction letters asking you to take down these various posts, you disagree that you were talking about my client? Defendant, I absolutely disagree. Sarah, the videos that were shown yesterday, you were talking about my client in those videos, weren't you? Defendant, some were not about her at all. Sarah, uh uh-huh, but they were. Defendant, but they were not. And I'm just going to pause here that repeatedly she would say, send me another letter or you're suing me for a million dollars. And in one, she actually had my name on the screen. So, and this is just my opinion. But at this point, she's just insulting the jury because everyone saw what they saw. And she is here trying to testify under oath on a witness stand in court in front of a judge, jury, gallery, attorneys, that what we saw was not what we saw. Sarah goes on to say, you don't deny posting about my client, do you? Defendant, I do not. Sarah, and you don't deny posting about my client hundreds of times. Defendant, I do deny posting about her hundreds of times. Sarah, okay, is it your testimony that you only posted about her 10 times? Defendant, no, that's not correct. Sarah, is it your testimony that you only posted about her or did live videos that reference my client 50 times? Defendant, incorrect. Sarah, okay, so you say that you did so less than 50 times? Defendant, I don't know how many, but it wasn't hundreds. Sarah, but you don't deny discussing my client. Defendant, whenever I was sharing the experience that I was actually living through, if I said that I was talking about Crystal, then I was talking about Crystal. I'm going to pause here and just show a clip from when the defendant would say that it didn't matter if she used my name or not. Whether I use your first name, your last name, a pseudonym, any of those things, it don't change the person that it is. Sarah goes on to say, now you've talked about this experience that you were living through, and I do want to talk to you some about that. It was your belief that you were cyber-stalked. Is that right? Defendant, yes, ma'am. Sarah, and in fact, you went to the Bartonville Police Department in an effort to have this cyber stalking and harassment, I believe, was also included in your claims. You went to that police department with those claims and concerns. Is that right? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and it was your belief based on GOMI posts that you presented to the police department that those GOMI posts were discussed yesterday by my client were made by Crystal Wrighton. Is that correct? Defendant, say it again. It was my beliefs based off 
Sarah says, Gomi post that you have attributed to my client, Crystal Wrighton, defendant. So are you saying just because I saw a post or because I experienced what the post talked about? Sarah, the evidence that you brought were the Gomi posts to the Bartonville Police Department. Is that correct? Defendant, as well as showing them the interactions that I had with her and how they lined up. Sarah, and everything will be in the police report, the police investigation that the jury will see. Is that right? Defendant, I don't know what you'll show them. Sarah says, Your Honor, if I may use the Elmo. Again, this is a projection device to show documents on the screen. The judge says, you may. Sarah says, thank you, your honor. Now, defendant, you reported to the Bartonville Police Department on or about November 6th of 2020. Is that correct? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and you originally with one officer or detective with the Bartonville Police Department, but then asked for another person to be placed on this file. Is that right? Defendant, no. Sarah, you did not request that the original investigating officer be removed and replaced by someone else. Defendant, no. I'm going to pause here and reference the Bartonville police report where on November the 9th, it says, and this is recapping a 911 call that the defendant had made. And it says, caller advised to contact chief of police with specific officer complaints. And she advised she would. Caller says she does not have faith in officer, one of the officers, handling the situation based on previous experience with him. Then it says, caller is upset about the entire situation and that the officer told her that she was not going to respond. So here in the police report, which is why Sarah is asking that question, it states that she was unhappy with one of the officers, yet here under oath, she is saying that that is not the case. Sarah goes on to say, but in your discussions with the police department, you were asked to provide the GOMI post that you attributed to my client. Is that correct? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and in fact, you provided just under 40 pages of various GOMI posts through the years that you attested to the police department were because of my client. Is that right? Defendant, correct. Likely. Sarah, I'm sorry. Defendant, I don't know how many exactly. Sorry, I'm really trying not to cry. Sarah, and it's your position that the the posts you presented to the Bartonville Police Department were posts that only my client would have had the information or the knowledge to provide information on this website. Is that true? Defendant, that's not a fair statement. Sarah, okay, but you've said that, right? Defendant, incorrect. Sarah, okay, you didn't tell the police department in the investigation that Gomi Post had included information that only would have been known by my client or another employee that you believed were the insiders posting on this site. Defendant, so to clarify, when you said I provided them with 40 posts, I can't tell you that I told them that every single all 40 posts could only be Crystal that knew that data. Sarah, but you told them that you believed that she was each one of these more than nine posters on Gomi. Is that correct? Defendant, I didn't know how many she was. Sarah, but it's your testimony earlier today, and I believe your report to the police that my client was at least nine plus posts, some going back as far as 2010. Is that right? Defendant, incorrect. There's nothing from 2010. Sarah, 2012. Defendant, correct. Sarah, when you say 10 years, you meant that it went back to 2012. Defendant, yes. Sarah, before my client had met you in person. Defendant, correct. Sarah, and isn't it true that a number of these posts that you provided include things like on page 48, I just watched her stories and agreed with all of the above posts. So many questions. The first one is WTF is wrong with her. And then it talks about this poster. Why does she feel the need to broadcast herself bawling like that? And then it goes on to say some things should be kept private. Now this post is referring to, excuse me, this gummy paste on page 48 is likely referring to your father's battle with cancer. Is that right? Defendant, correct. But also I didn't provide that to 
the police. I believe they printed those. Sarah, okay. Did you talk with them about who you believe the posters were or where they could obtain this information? Defendants, some of them that they have printed were not people that I mentioned. Sarah, you mentioned one. We'll call it TNT. It's tits and teeth. I'll refer to it as TNT. Is that right? You believe that one was my client? Defendant, absolutely yes. Sarah, and in fact, you have provided no evidence in this case that my client was TNT. Is that true? Defendant, that's incorrect. Sarah, did you do any investigation with Gomi to find out who the web address for TNT was? Defendant, I wish they would give the IP addresses. They will not. Sarah, throughout this entire litigation, which began in 2020, there has been nothing provided from Gomi as to the IP address for TNT. Defendant, no. Sarah, and in fact, the majority of the posts that were included in the police file, and I'm sorry to bring this up, but it is related to your father's battle with cancer. Is that right? Defendant, uh-huh. Sarah, it's my understanding that he has passed. Is that true? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and I'm very sorry about that, and I will tell you that the things that are written are unkind. They are not, and that's not fair. I agree with you on that, and I'm sorry for that. But the police, off of the information that you provided to them, obtained 40 pages, almost 40 pages, 38 pages of posts. In fact, in their investigation, there's nothing that attributes those posts from the Bartonville Police Department to my client. Isn't that correct? Defendant, incorrect. Sarah, you accuse my client of cyberstalking you. Is that right? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and the Bartonville Police Department found that there was no evidence of cyberstalking. Defendant, incorrect. They said that we needed to obtain the IP addresses, and they subpoenaed them or they asked for them from Gomi, and Gomi wouldn't provide them. Sarah, in fact, the reporting officer's narrative, it states, I have exhausted all resources in this case and have not found any crimes that have been committed. If any other evidence is presented by anyone involved, I will research all leads and concerns. And this report was typed on 12 of 2020. Is that true? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and in fact, you had even sought their assistance in obtaining a restraining order of my client and was unable to get that from the police department. Is that correct? Defendant, they said that H would have to go directly to them for the restraining order and provide reasons. Sarah, and in fact, you wanted a restraining order against my client, Crystal Wrighton, as well. Defendant, absolutely yes, ma'am. Sarah, and you were not able to obtain that. Is that right? Defendant, she said without the IP addresses, there was nothing more that they could do. And she's referencing the female officer. Sarah, and at no point in time since December 5th of 2020 was any additional information provided to the Bartonville Police Department. Is that true? Defendant, explain your question. Sarah, no additional information has been provided by you to the Bartonville Police Department. Is that correct? Defendant, that's incorrect. Sarah, so even after they made their decision that they would not, that there was no evidence of cyberstalking, it's your testimony you provided additional information. Defendant, that's correct. Sarah, and there still has never been any charges against my client or anyone related to cyberstalking against you. Is that right? Defendant, they said without the IP addresses, there's nothing more they could do and that they had requested it, but they're a three-man team. Sarah, and so my question to you is, at this time, as we sit here today, there has been no charges against my client for cyberstalking and no charges against my client for harassment. Is that true? Defendant, that's true. Sarah, and in fact, the police report will contain all of your emails to them. Is that right? And the dates they were provided. Defendant, I don't know what all the police report includes. Sarah, in your Instagram posts, whether it be on your personal site or your business site, you talk about the intricacies, the details of your business when you have cash sales. Is that right? Defendant, do I talk about when we have cash sales? Sarah, yes. You advertise when you have cash sales. Is that right?
website, Defendant, if we have a warehouse sale, I advertise it on my Instagram. Sarah, both your personal and your business, is that right? Defendant, probably so. Sarah, I'm sorry. Defendant, yes. Sarah, and would you post when you would have sales codes? You'd talk about that not just on your business website, but you would also talk about that on your personal site. Is that true? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and you as the business owner can create codes for the sales. Is that right? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and then at various times from November 13th, 2020 through today, you have had sales where the code was F-E-L-O-N-Y. Is that correct? Defendant, correct. Sarah, okay. And was that in direct relation to my client, Crystal? Defendant, no. Sarah, your family was a very important part of your stories. Would you agree with that? Defendant, correct. Sarah, you talk about your husband. You talk about, English her husband. Defendant says, correct. Sarah, you talk about your son. Defendant, correct. Sarah, they made an appearance in your live videos. Defendant, yes. Sarah, on a regular basis. Is that right? Defendant, yes. Sarah, because again, transparency, letting your community know who you are, what you are, was key to you and to continue that relationship that you have with them. Defendant, yes. Sarah, you talked on your business page the problems that you were having selling your old house and moving into your new house. The home Instagram page, I'm sorry. Defendant, I didn't have a problem selling my old house. Sarah, there was an overlap between when you moved into your new house and still were in transition from your old house to your new house. Would you agree with that? Defendant, because my dad had just been diagnosed with cancer, I didn't want to move quickly. Sarah, okay, so the answer is yes. And again, I'm so sorry for the circumstances, but the answer is yes. Defendant, the answer is not yes, because you said, did I talk about problems? It was not a problem. It was a choice I made on purpose. Sarah, and then my next question was, there was an overlap between when you, when your new house was completed, but you were still in your old house, not problems, but there was overlap. Defendant, yes. Sarah, and again, I'm sorry for the reason for that. I really am. And you talked about issues that you have had with your square footage and what was going to be on the tax rolls as opposed to what you believe the square footage of your house was. Is that true? Defendant, say that again. Sarah, sure. In your home Instagram page, you talked about the issues with the square footage of your home and whether it was being accounted correctly. Defendant, I don't remember there being an issue. Sarah, did you discuss it though? Defendant, I've discussed, like I said earlier, the square footage that was our house and the square footage that was if you were in my house, you knew a different number than if you were online. Sarah, but you discussed that on your live feed, correct? Defendant, I couldn't tell you. It was never an issue. So I'm having a hard time saying yes or no. Sarah, that's because you talked about a lot about your house on your Instagram live. Defendant, okay. Sarah, is that true? Defendant, yeah. Sarah, and you talk about your life on your Instagram. Defendant, correct. Sarah, Defendant, do you recall taking a post from one of your social media pages on June 23rd, 2021 and embedding it into your company website, your name's her company website? Defendant, could you tell me what it was about? I don't understand the question. Sarah, it was related to my client and the story that you continued to tell about how she had utilized these accounts and stalked you, the continued concerns that you had, and that post was embedded on your work website. Defendant, no. Embedded on my work website? How do you do that? Sarah, you've never linked that to your website. Defendant, no. I'm going to pause here. She is referring to the video finding me again. And the defendant did, in fact, embed that video into her website. And in that live video, she actually said, if I can figure out how to embed this video on my website, I will. She didn't only embed it into her website. She also embedded it into the shopping app that she had for her store. But here under oath, she is saying that she has never done that and is acting like 
she wouldn't even know how to. She said, how do you do that? We had the screenshot of the defendant embedding that video into her website in evidence. And because of the way the process works, we needed to have that piece of paper printed out to include in the exhibits for the jury to take back. And my mom, who was there with me at the trial, elected herself the president of this problem and ran throughout that building. And I don't know how many people she asked, maybe we'll have to ask her later, but she got that printout printed and brought it up. I don't know how, I don't know who she had to find or ask nicely, or I'm not really sure, but I just want to include that here because it's just kind of a funny behind the scenes story because we obviously knew that she was lying. We had that documentation in evidence. We just needed a paper copy so that the jury could have it because it was a screenshot of the website. So it wasn't anything that we could put on a thumb drive. We needed the hard copy. So my mom did go and get that. Sarah goes on to say, you believe my client has committed crimes against you. Isn't that correct? Defendant, yes. Sarah, and you've told your community of more than 20,000 followers that my client has stalked you. Is that right? That she impersonated people and wrote hateful, horrible things about you on a website. Is that right? Defendant, correct. Sarah, you have told people that my client hacked into your various work, various accounts, and deleted your followers. Defendant, she has done that. She's told me that before. Sarah, Ma'am, my question for you is that she got on without your knowledge and removed followers from your Instagram and Facebook pages. Defendant, I don't know if she got on without my permission and removed followers, but she has told me she has removed followers before. Sarah, and you've accused her of removing followers without your permission. Defendant, no, I didn't say Crystal did. I didn't know who did it. Once again, I would just like to remind all of us that we just saw footage where she was specifically saying that. She had also said it in written posts, but here she is testifying under oath, no. I didn't say Crystal did. I didn't know who did it. Sarah, but you have implicated, you have included Crystal in. When you discuss the two employees, you include Crystal in that duo. Is that correct? Defendant, when H and I talked to the police, H told the police that it was Crystal. That's where it came from. Other than that, I don't know. Sarah says, in your honor, I would object as hearsay. The judge says, overruled. Sarah says, you have told your followers on Instagram that my client has cyberstalked you. Defendant, yes. Sarah, you have told your followers on Instagram that my client has harassed you. Defendant, yes. Sarah, you have told your 20,000 plus people in your community that my client has committed felonies against you. Defendant says, it's horrible, isn't it? And she gets kind of emotional. And then the judge says, ma'am, you have to speak up so the court reporter can hear you. We'll take a five minute break. We'll reconvene at 1110. And then the defendant says, I'm sorry, I can't breathe. And so she's very emotional at this point. And so the judge just says, you know what? Nope, we're taking a break. And so he sends the jury out and we had a recess for about 10 minutes. And then the judge says, everybody be seated, please. Okay, back on the record. Before we broke, there was a question asked, but we did not get an answer to it. So I'm going to have counsel repeat the question. If you'll listen to the question and give your answer, please go ahead. Sarah, ma'am, my question was, you have told 20,000 people or 20,000 in your community that my client has committed felonies against you. Is that true? Defendant, incorrect. Sarah, you created a posting, a sale on your website that was entitled F-E-L-O-N-Y. Is that right? Defendant, wait, say that again. Sarah, you created a sale with the code F-E-L-O-N-Y. Defendant, correct. Sarah, you have accused my client of crimes that would be considered felonies. Is that true? Defendant, I do believe there were crimes committed. Sarah, ma'am, that's not my question. My question is, you have accused my client on your Instagram Live and on your Facebook postings of committing crimes against you that would be felonies. Is that true? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and as we've talked almost two years after you first made these allegations to 
the Bartonville Police Department, there have been no charges filed. Is that right? Defendant, simply because they will not give us the IP address. Sarah, ma'am, my question is, there have been no charges filed. Is that right? Defendant, yes. Sarah, to your knowledge, there have been no indictments against my client or any other person in relation to your allegations of cyberstalking. Is that right? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and there have been no charges of harassment against my client. Is that correct? Defendant, correct. Sarah, now, in discussing your business model, your company is a group of employees, all women. Defendant, I don't have any employees. Sarah, okay. Say, when my client was still working for you, your employees were all women. Is that correct? Defendant, incorrect. Sarah, okay, did your husband work with you? Defendant, no. Sarah, okay, it was a group of people then that worked in your warehouse. Is that right? Defendant, yes. Sarah, some worked from home. Defendant, I'm trying to think if anybody worked from home. I don't recall anybody working from home while Crystal worked for me. Sarah, okay, but in that time frame, your employees were always in and out of your home. Is that right? Defendant, in and out of my home? Sarah, yes, ma'am. Defendant, not typically. H was in my home. Sarah, H was in your home? Defendant, yes. Sarah, okay, she was in your home modeling? Defendant, yeah, we had a photo shoot at my house. Sarah, at any other time... During your ownership of your company, have you had modeling sessions at your home? Defendant, yes, we have. Sarah, okay. And in fact, there have been times where you have had more than one person modeling while at your home for social media postings. Is that right? Defendant, correct. Sarah, and that happened quite often. Is that right? Defendant, no. Sarah, no. You do not agree if there's evidence that you would have your employees in your home on a regular basis? Defendant, no. You said quite often, and we didn't have photo shoots at my house quite often. Sarah, okay. I changed my question a little bit. It was that you had your employees at your house on a regular basis. Would you disagree with that testimony or that evidence? Defendant, I would disagree that it was a regular basis. Sarah, okay, but you did have them in and out of your home. Is that right? Defendant, yes. Sarah, your business is not one where people come and sit down at a desk and work on a computer from nine to five. Is that right? Defendant, Crystal's job was to do that. Sarah, okay, but she also was interactive with you and your online community. Is that right? Defendant, say that again. Sarah, she was interactive with you and your online community. Defendant, she would film like live videos at the warehouse. Sarah, okay, and she at times was in those videos. Is that right? Defendant, she was. Sarah, and that was true of all of your employees, correct? Defendant, incorrect. Sarah, okay. That was true of those you utilized at your modeling capacity. Is that right? Defendant, yes. Sarah, okay. And a lot of times those shoots were at your home. Is that right? Defendant, sometimes they were, but most of them we shot at, we had a photography studio. Sarah, and your warehouse too, right? Defendant, correct. Sarah, when you began posting on November 13th of 2020 about my client, first of all, you named her specifically in that post, correct? Defendant, correct. Sarah, you wrote out her full name, Crystal Wrighton, correct? Defendant, correct. Sarah, you knew that she was familiar or that your followers were familiar with her, correct? Defendant, say that again. Sarah, in the time that she had worked for you, you had mentioned Crystal in your stories. You had talked about Crystal in your stories. Defendant, correct. Sarah, they knew that she was an employee of yours. Defendant, correct. Sarah, they knew that she was someone that was a part of your company. Defendant, correct. Sarah, and they knew who she was because of your postings. Defendant, I wouldn't say they knew who she was because of my postings. Sarah, and so on November 13th, 2020, you went on Facebook and wrote out a post identifying my client in an effort to hurt my client. Isn't that right? Defendant, no. Sarah, you wanted to impeach her integrity, didn't you? Defendant, no. Why would I do that if I didn't honestly think that she was behind all of this? Why would I ruin a relationship? Her kid is in my will. Sarah, you went on that particular site in an effort to injure her reputation. 
education. Defendant, no, I went to share the truth. I wouldn't. I've never done that in my life. I am known for not talking bad about people on the internet. Sarah, you went on that site knowing that your community, your internet friends, as you called them, would be angered by what you told them. Defendant, no, I didn't do anything with the intention of thinking they're going to be angry. I posted everything I said because that was the truth that I was living, and I'm sharing it just like I have every other detail, highs and lows of my life the last decade. Sarah, and I think that's important. It was the truth you were living because you believe it is your truth. Is that right? Defendant, I only had conversations with one person. Sarah, and my question for you, ma'am, is you believe it is your truth. Defendant, that is correct. Sarah, in fact, you've said that repeatedly. It is my truth. But would you agree that after you made that post, some of your followers threatened Crystal? Defendant, which is why I took it down before I ever got a letter. Sarah, they threatened Crystal. Defendant, I saw what you said yesterday and some of that stuff I saw for the first time. I'm not okay with it. And I said that on social media. Sarah, you said that on social media? Defendant, I said I'm not okay with anybody posting anything ugly. Sarah, but they did post ugly things about Crystal. Defendant, and so I deleted the post. Sarah, and so you continued to talk about Crystal in the same fashion to those same community members for the next year and a half, and actually to this day, is that true? Defendant, that's not true. I was talking about the person who was writing the posts. Sarah, and you were talking to these internet friends who were in your home at times too, right? Defendant, yes. Sarah, internet friends who were in your home at the same time that Crystal was in your home. Defendant, are you saying that there were people, my friends were in my house, were they ever in my house at the same time Crystal was? Sarah, yes, ma'am. Defendant, yeah, we had parties at my house, and my friends who I met through the internet, just like I met her, were in my house at the same time. Sarah, and so they knew Crystal. Defendant, yeah, some people did. Sarah, and in fact, you've told us that you took it down when you started seeing ugly comments about Crystal. Is that right? Defendant, correct. Sarah, but isn't it true that on the exhibit that was shown this morning, you responded to one of those ugly and nasty comments, and it wasn't to stop it? Defendant, it was within 23 hours of the post, and then the post was removed. Sarah, and ma'am, that's not my question. My question is, you agree with me that we have an exhibit that was shown this morning that shows you responding to one of those ugly and nasty comments about Crystal and it wasn't telling her to stop. Would you agree with me? Defendant, no, I did tell them to stop and that was on the post. You didn't show that. Sarah, you responded to a post encouraging the comments. Defendant shakes her head and Sarah says, is that a no? I'm sorry. Defendant says, that's a no. If I said, I can't believe this or can you believe this? And I'm sorry for that, but it's also true. Sarah says, your honor, I would ask that that be stricken. There was not a question. The judge says, sorry. Sarah says, there was not a question posed. The judge says, all right. Then the witness says, she asked if I encouraged it. The judge says, response. And the defendant's attorney says, I'm sorry, judge. Judge says, there's a motion to strike the statement without a question being asked. Defendant's attorney says, right, Your Honor, and she's indicating that she was answering a question what she thought was a question. Sarah says, that's fine, Your Honor, that's fine, I'm sorry. The judge says, okay, objection withdrawn, go ahead. Sarah says, you're continuing to post about this lawsuit as we continue into today, is that right? Defendant, yes. Sarah, in fact, you posted at 3 a.m. this past morning about this lawsuit that we're here for today. Defendant, I'm not posting about Crystal. Like, I'm doing my regular job sharing my life with my friends on the internet who go on cruises with me and stay at my house for the weekend. I'm not talking about Crystal. Sarah, okay, but you posted about your experience yesterday on your Instagram page this morning at 3 a.m. Is that true? Defendant, I did not post on my Instagram page at 3 a.m. this morning. That is not true. Sarah, did you post anything on social media this morning? Defendant, 
I posted yesterday. Sarah, so you did post about this proceeding on social media yesterday. Defendant, no, I said today is a hard day. It's hard to listen to. And then Sarah says, and you talked about that there were untruths said yesterday. Is that true? Defendant says, I said today is a really hard day. It's hard to listen to untruths and not be able to share your truth. And Sarah says, again, your truth. Defendant says to share the truth. I might have said either way, it's the truth. And I said, I pray that we all just get through it. And in the end, this is just a memory. Sarah, because again, you repeatedly tell your community of 20,000, you repeatedly tell your community of 20,000 people online what you've designated as your truth. Defendant, I didn't post it anywhere I have 20,000 followers. Sarah, no ma'am, that wasn't my question. My question is, you've continued to post online about your truth, what you considered your truth. Defendant, yes. Sarah, and at least over the last almost two years, you have continued to post about my client. Defendant, I continued to post about my experience. This is literally what I'm living. Sarah, and the experience as you've described it involves telling people things about my client. Is that true? Defendant, I don't know if it was your client or not. I didn't say that. I know yesterday there was a post about what I wore here and I didn't post on social media at all yesterday, any pictures at all. And I don't know who knew that. I just know it's what I'm living right now. And then Sarah says, in your honor, I'll object as that was not the question posed to her. That was not the question. The judge says, what's your legal objection? And Sarah says, objection, non-responsive. And the judge says, sustained. The jury will disregard the non-responsive portion of the answer. And I'm going to pause here. She is saying that yesterday there was a post about what she had worn. And she is referring to a comment on Reddit. And there was speculation on Reddit about what she wore. There were specific items that the defendant sold. She had a particular line for office wear. And so someone had said that perhaps she was wearing that item. She wasn't wearing that item the day before, but she did wear that item after she saw that comment to court on this day when she is testifying. And she is trying to say here that that post was reporting what she had worn yesterday when that is not the case. She saw that post and then chose to wear that item to court on this day. Sarah goes on to say, ma'am, you would agree with me that you have continued to post about my client either by name or inference or reference continually since November of 2020. Is that correct? Defendant, no. After she filed her original lawsuit that had nothing to do with this, I did not say her name on social media because I didn't want to get in trouble if I don't have the IP addresses. Do I share that I'm still going through this experience? I'm being sued for something that's being done to me? Yes, I do, because it's truly what I'm literally living every day. It's not a joke. I'm going to pause here because a few things happen here. Number one, the jury doesn't know this, but the defendant has in fact continued to say my name. And you as the podcast listener know that because you have heard it for yourself and seen it for yourself, but the jury is not aware. So she is once again, misrepresenting something under oath, willfully telling an untruth. Additionally, she says here, after she filed her original lawsuit that had nothing to do with this, she is trying to reference the original pleading that was filed that included the post about the denim. This is a violation of motion in limine. So one of the motions in limine was that prior pleadings that had been superseded could not be brought up and the judge had ruled on that. And so here we didn't object to it, but she is attempting to bring something in to her testimony that is not supposed to be in here because as the judge will say later, and you'll see, I had nothing to do with that filing, but she's trying to make it sound like I was just suing her frivolously, which was not supposed to be allowed. Sarah goes on to say, and ma'am, in doing so, in talking 
talking about what you were living every day, you were telling your community that it is Crystal Wrighton who is doing this to you. Defendant, there's only one person I've had several of those conversations with that are on that blog. Not my husband, not H, nobody. It's just her. And I have no reason to say that because I've never had an issue with her in my life. We went to the police and they said, I didn't even know she didn't like me. Sarah, ma'am, because you believe that, because that is your truth, as you've told that you have gone on a campaign against my client to try to ruin her. Defendant, no, I would never do that. I literally would never try to ruin somebody's life. It's the opposite of what I've built my foundation and my business on. Anytime something bad happens to me, I try to do something nice for everybody else. Like it's constant. It's a decade of this. Read the comments on my posts. And I'm going to point that out that she says, read the comments on my posts because that will be important shortly. They'll tell you, I'm not like that at all. People will tell you in 10 years, they've never heard me say anything mean about somebody on the internet. Sarah, and you've never threatened someone that when she would walk into a Sam's or a Costco that people would know what she did. Defendant, I did say that and I shouldn't have been so petty. But at the same time, like I've lived through all of these comments for 10 years on the internet and never had a concern in the world who was saying it until I saw exact conversations that I had had with only Crystal Wrighton being posted on that blog. And then you look and that person's been posting since 2014 before I knew them. Sarah says, in your honor, I'll object as non-responsive. And then the judge says overruled. Defendant, I thought you wanted me to tell you. Sarah, you would agree that you went online and you threatened my client. Defendant, I never tried to threaten anybody. And then Sarah says, Your Honor, pass the witness, reserving our ability to cross-examine after the direct examination. The judge says direct, and then the defendant's attorney says, reserve until our case in chief, Your Honor. The judge says, all right, ma'am, you may step down, call your next witness. So during the break that we took earlier, it appears that the defendant had deleted the post that she had made in the middle of the night. She says that it was the day prior, but the timestamp on it was 3 a.m. And since I first brought that up in my testimony earlier today, the defendant seems to have deleted that post. However, in its place were posts, public posts made by the defendant's friends and followers on her Facebook account. And I'm going to read a few of them here. I just want to say that they are public and just a few minutes ago in the defendant's testimony, she said, go read the comments. I am only speculating here, but I just find it interesting that it was said in open court that she had posted the night prior. She deleted it. And then all of a sudden, all of these other posts come on her page that are public. And then she says, go read the comments. So among those comments, someone said, praying for you. Someone else said, sending you lots of prayers and strength for today and beyond. I pray that justice is served and that the powers at bay let you share your story and the truth. Hashtag justice will be served. Someone else said, praying so hard for you today. Praying the judge listens to your story with an open heart. Praying he sees through their lies and deceit. Praying the judge sees that this is another attempt to collect money from a former employer for her own financial gain. You, my friend, are an amazing woman, a friend to all. Love you. Another person says, thinking of you today, this has got to stop. Your heart is just too big to have to deal with people like this and all these lies when they know. Lifting you up today, princess. And then another follower says, prayers lifted for you today. After my own ears hearing someone brag about suing their previous employer and seeing it being done now again, I'm disgusted. If there is no legal justice, there is most certainly karmic justice. Hang strong, dear lady. I'm also going to read the definition of jury tampering, and this is from law.com. 
The definition for jury tampering states, the crime of attempting to influence a jury through any means other than presenting evidence and argument in court, including conversations about the case outside the court, offering bribes, making threats, or asking acquaintances to intercede with a juror. Elizabeth says, Your Honor, at this time, we call Caesar Wrighton, and this is my husband. The judge says, All right, Mr. Wrighton, come around here, please, sir. Raise your right hand, please. And then he was sworn in. And the judge says, All right, have a seat and pull that microphone up to you as close as possible. And then Elizabeth begins to question my husband and says, Good morning, Caesar. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself to the jury? And he says, Hi, my name is Caesar Wrighton. And as you can tell from my Texas accent, I'm from a little further south. He is joking here because he is from the Caribbean and he is very clearly not from Texas. He says, I've been in the U.S. I'm originally from a small island called Dominica, and I've been in the U.S. for well over 20 years. I have a master's degree, and I currently work in a risk management capacity. The court reporter says, Sir, I'm going to need you to speak up. This seems to be a common issue. And then my husband says, okay. Elizabeth says, and how are you related to Crystal Wrighton? And he says, Crystal is my wife. We have three kids, one grandkid, Clara in the background, and my two sons, 17 and 13. Elizabeth says, and how long have you and Crystal been married? Caesar says, we've been married almost 20 years. Sorry, I apologize for that. I should have been better on that one because it took him a minute. And Elizabeth says, and what was Crystal like before these posts began? And he says, Crystal is a workaholic. She is passionate about everything she does. Always jovial, very engaging. She's the yin to my yang. She's very extroverted. I'm more introverted. She gets her energy from interaction with people. And she's, I think, generally a very happy person. I mean, she makes our house. She makes our neighborhood. She's the engager. She brings the happy, I guess you could say. And then Elizabeth says, and when did you first learn about the situation that we're here for today? And he says, it was in November, the date mentioned, when I guess she received the post. Well, actually, I observed just her whole temperament change. She was like hyperventilating. And we kind of looked, she kind of showed me what was being said and stuff like that. And she just was, she was not okay. She was not okay. And there was nothing I could do to make it okay. And we were checking her blood pressure because like, I didn't know what to do. And I mean, we kind of went through the whole process of going to see, calling my doctor's office and seeing the first available person who was the PA mentioned to make sure like her blood pressure, we have a blood pressure monitor at home and it was super elevated. And so we just wanted to make sure that whatever ramifications of that, you know, it could be under control. And so we tried to get her into the doctor as quickly as possible. Elizabeth, and after seeing Crystal react in that way, besides taking her to the doctor's office that same day, how did you respond to what Crystal was going through? My husband says, my response, to be frank, I was legit. I was mad. I was confused. I was frustrated. I was very mad because I had experienced being around these two people's interactions before, and that was the flip side. That personally pissed me off because, like I said, my wife is super engaging and she's on social media. I'm on social media, but I'm not posting. And so all of a sudden, now I'm like, this is like bringing my whole family in this thing, and I'm not okay with that. My frustration and my anger was basically, there's not a lot I can do about it, you know? I just could not do anything about it. And the ensuing post just really frustrated me because now I started to have this fear of what if somebody comes to my home? Like, I don't own guns. That's not my nature. Now I have to be thinking about how do I protect my family with people coming at me with guns that I don't even know. And that really pissed me off. I will be honest with you. And to this day, I still am questioning, like, how does this happen? How do we get to this point? And like, just trying to reconcile in my head how you go from somebody giving you the impression that this person has realigned their whole 
business process and streamline their logistics and all this business stuff that I would think is a positive. Rationally, I could not align how you reconcile that with trying to destroy you. It just did not align. But at the same time, what really was not making sense is that this was not like a private engagement. And maybe it's because of who I am and how I think about these things. But if I have an issue with somebody that I'm working with, I would engage that person 101. That would be my first inkling. And so this whole saga, it just did not, it was not making sense to me. And it was very much frustrating to me that I could not do a lot about it. I don't know if I've answered your question correctly. And Elizabeth said, yes. In terms of trying to protect your family, did you get any security cameras for your house? And my husband said, yes, I did. Elizabeth said, and was there any other kind of safety measures that you put in place to try and protect your family? And my husband said, I installed safety cameras, installed motion lights, changed the front door lock to a more secure door lock that's not easily hackable or whatever. You know, you can't break into it as easily. Putting baseball bats in strategic places in my house. And you know, I'm not taking kids to the grocery store because if I have to get engaged with someone, not taking my kids to the grocery store because why? Somebody might say something. Somebody might try to attack us. Like who does that? So yeah, it's definitely changed my whole thing. Again, like I say, it just reasonably speaking, a reasonable person, this whole situation is not reasonable to me. To be honest, my frustration was that I had no control. I tried to keep my area very much controlled and I just did not have control. Elizabeth said, how did this situation change who Crystal was in your perspective? And he said, so a couple of things that changed. For one, like I said, the engagement part of Crystal, that pretty much shut down because like I would joke if somebody needed to find something out about what's going on with our family, I would defer to Crystal. I could say, look at her Facebook posts because the kids are in sports and what have you. And so she would do those postings and those pretty much stopped. Us going to the grocery store after going to church, going to Sam's, picking up stuff or whatever, that pretty much stopped. I mean, thankfully for us, there was church online still. So we just started doing a lot more church online even when COVID was over. Well, not over, but you could go back into the church building. We wouldn't for quite a while. And she just, I mean, if you get energy from people, engagement, and then that's like a whole part of yourself that's no longer there, it was impacting her. She was not, and I don't want to say she was dying. That sounds a little traumatic, but she was not herself. She could not be as vibrant. And you know, it's just like the worry. She just had that air of worry for quite a while. That was just, it was handicapping to me to experience that and not be able to do anything about it. And I mean, not that I'm sitting on the sidelines here the entire time. I'm experiencing all this stuff with her. You know, some of that stuff, we have an older daughter. She can kind of see a little bit, but like our sons, they don't know why all of a sudden that we don't really go to the grocery store as a family much. You know, I don't take them to Sam's. They can't pick their cereal because it kind of stopped. Yeah, granted, maybe the timing kind of worked a little bit because of COVID to some degree. So they had, you know, a little bit of a stop. So they may not have suspected it as much. But I mean, my kids and my wife, they were just not the same. Elizabeth said, and has this continued to affect Crystal even until today? And my husband said, it affects her still to this day because I'll be frank with you. My frustration is we've all heard everything that's been said. You could say it's innuendo and you could say it's proxy and names and blah, blah, blah. But with every post, every repost, it's like we have to go back and we have to pull that scab off. It's trying to heal, pull it off again. So we keep reliving this thing. She's reliving it. I'm reliving it. And to some extent, our kids are reliving it. And I mean, I just want this stuff to stop. I don't know what else to say. I'm sorry. I don't even know if I answered your question. And Elizabeth says, you did. And thank you, Caesar. I appreciate it. At this time, I'm going to go ahead and pass the witness, Your Honor.
and then the judge says cross-examine and then the defendant's other attorney the female attorney begins questioning my husband and says good morning caesar i'm going to stand here because i'm not tall enough to see over this podium back there so i hope you don't mind that so you testified that you guys have been married for 22 years does that sound correct and my husband says 2002 yeah the math's about 20. And she says, okay, sure. And as Crystal's spouse, do you love her very much? And he says, yes. And then she says, and you want to support her in whatever she's going through. Would you say that's correct? And he said, yes. And then she said, so you mentioned a lot of things that during the time and simultaneous to this post that you guys were going through, you said she's a workaholic. Does that sound right? And my husband said, she's passionate about her job. Yes. And then she said, okay, so say associated with a workaholic, do you think working can cause a lot of stress? And he said, yes. And then she said, okay, and I know she mentioned yesterday that you guys have a daughter and a granddaughter, correct? And he said, yes. And she said, and they both live in your household. And he said, yes. And then she said, so you guys were, I'm sorry for interrupting you, go ahead. And then he said, I would say at times, correct. And then she said, so you guys were in the process. You had a new little one in the home as well, correct? And he said, I'm sorry, I'm trying to get the timing because the post started in what time, what year was that? And then they go back and forth and agree on 2020. And then the attorney says, so your granddaughter was born in 2019. And he said, right. And then he said, so we had a little one in the house for a year to that time. And she said, okay. And he said, yes, that is correct. And then she said, so around that time, you mentioned COVID as well. So we were all kind of processing the anxiety that had to do with COVID, correct? And he said, from March of 2020, COVID. And she said, uh-huh. And he said, that's correct. And then she said, so you guys had a lot of things going on in your home at that time, would you say? And he said, like everybody, yes, that's correct. And she said, yeah, right. One of those things that you mentioned was Crystal's high blood pressure, right? And he said, yes. And she said, okay, in fact, Crystal had previously been diagnosed with high blood pressure. And he said, that's correct. And she said, okay, she had high blood pressure for a while, wouldn't you say? And he said, on medication, that's correct. And she said, and she's had to change her meds more than one time for her blood pressure, correct? And he said, yes. And then she said, and she's had other health issues, is that correct? And he said, high blood pressure, yes, she has hypothyroidism. And she said, okay, so many of these health issues that you're discussing as part of your testimony, those predated any of these postings, correct? And he said, correct. And she said, okay, thank you. Let's kind of switch. You were talking earlier about your feelings. You said you felt mad, confused, frustrated. Does that sound right? And he said, correct. And she said, and one of those things you said was, I would engage that person one-on-one -on -one if this was happening, correct? And he said, I did say that, that's correct. And she said, okay, did you reach out to the defendant? And he said, can I ask for clarification, that person meaning who? And she said, I think you were talking about it in a general sense. If I was having an issue with somebody and you can correct me because it was your testimony, but you said I would engage that person one-on-one. -on -one. And he said, so are you asking me to clarify my statement? And she said, I'm just asking if that's what you stated. And he said, in the context of defendant post in lieu of addressing my wife directly, that is correct. And she said, did you reach out to the defendant one-on-one -on -one when you began having these issues? And he said, I'm not an employee of the defendant. And she said, one of the other things that you mentioned was a fear of safety. Does that sound right? And he said, okay. And she said, okay, you mentioned being concerned about people coming into your home, things that would happen at the grocery store. Did any of those things, in fact, ever come to fruition? And he said, no. And she said, okay, were you ever threatened? And he said, let me just rephrase that, not to my knowledge. And she said, okay. 
And then he said, but we do have, yes, like I said, we do have cameras, which we have installed post the incident that the initial rants or rampage, whatever it's called. Yes. And she said, so you have security in your home. When you went to the grocery store, were you ever threatened? And he said, when I went to the grocery store, are you asking me if somebody engaged me verbally or are you asking me? And she said, I'm asking you a yes or no question. If you have ever been threatened in the grocery store as a result of any of these postings. And he said, psychologically, yes. Once I entered the grocery store, I felt threatened with the possibility, if that makes sense. And she said, okay, so it's your feelings, but were you ever actually threatened? And he said, no. And then she said, okay, that's all I have for this witness at this time. The judge says, redirect. And Elizabeth said, yes, your honor, just briefly. And then she says, now Caesar, has the defendant ever reached out to either you or Crystal since these postings started? And he said, defendant has never reached out to me and to my knowledge, never reached out to Crystal. And then Elizabeth said, and I know both in direct and on cross, it was talked about your fear for your safety and your family's safety. Why did you have that fear? And he said, because of the incidents that happened by way of these postings and by way of these comments. And Elizabeth said, your honor, I passed the witness. And if there isn't any recross, I ask that he be excused. And then the judge said, well, let's see if there's recross. And then the defendant's attorney said, that's all I have for this witness. And then the judge said, all right, you're requesting this witness be excused. And Elizabeth says, yes, your honor. And then the judge says, any objections? And the defendant's attorney said, no, your honor. And then the judge said, okay, well, we have your number if we need to call you back or anything. So that will be granted. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our lunch break at this time and we'll reconvene at 1.15. So at this point in time, we have broken for lunch and my husband has just given what you can't really see on audio or even in looking at the transcripts, you can't see, but it was a pretty emotional testimony. And in fact, at least one juror was observed crying during his testimony. And he really focused on how this was psychologically affecting our entire family, even to the point where our children, he wouldn't even let them go to the store to pick out their cereal. That may sound insignificant, but they're kids, you know, and getting to go to the store with dad or mom and choose their cereal. That was just kind of a tradition. And so they couldn't even do that. Just basic things like that. And so when she asked him, were you ever threatened? And he said, psychologically, yes. Yes, I absolutely was because I didn't know what may or may not happen. And so it was a pretty powerful moment. And it was very, very emotional. I was trying to keep my composure, but it was very emotional. And I also want to say that we didn't know that my husband would be called as a witness until those pretrial documents were filed. And so the entirety of this case and the entirety of the entire legal process, we never talked about my husband being on the stand. And so, and also my attorneys didn't tell me before it was just listed. And so it was kind of a surprise to us. And so I'll be honest, I was a little annoyed that we didn't know beforehand because my husband, he is an introvert. He's also a man who requires some processing time. And so kind of springing something on him, even though it had been a few days since the pretrial documents were filed, it still did not give him a lot of time to process. And so it upset me that it was kind of putting him in this situation. But once he testified and once I was able to process what he had said and what he was able to testify, I was very glad that they put him on that stand because as my husband is an introvert and as he really doesn't discuss all of those sorts of things, he certainly wasn't discussing them with me because 
he didn't want to add to my anxiety and my worry. But I'm so thankful that he did get to testify because I don't think that he ever would have vocalized how this affected him and his perception of how it affected me and how it affected our family if he would not have had to do that under oath. And so, again, it was a very powerful moment, not just in the trial, but just in this process for him to be able to vocally express that. And you'll notice he is not on this podcast. He is not an on-camera person. He does have social media. He does have Facebook, so he can look at other people's posts, but he's not that type of person. And so this testimony really was impactful, not just for the people hearing it, but I think also for him. And so I am thankful that he had that opportunity. Next time on False and Defamatory. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and all of these different social media platforms, they offer a lot of places for people to post and send mean, hateful things. That's unfortunate, but that doesn't mean jury verdicts are the way to address those issues. The defendant's attorney says, Your Honor, I'd make a motion on behalf of the defendant at this time for a directed verdict to the extent that the plaintiffs have demonstrated a variety of ugly, tasteless, petty videos and posts, but they have not demonstrated defamation. They've not demonstrated libel or slander, Your Honor, and I would make motion on those grounds. The judge says, all right, thank you, sir. Motion is denied. This case is not the first case in which the plaintiff has left an employer disgruntled and sued them. During the defendant's opening, there were two clear violations of the motions in limine that Your Honor granted before this trial. So the prior job, the prior lawsuit, I did not see the relevance of any of that and I granted the motion in limine, which meant that you were not supposed to talk about it until the relevance or the admissibility was determined outside the presence of the jury. And now you've told the jury about that, a clear violation of the motion in limine. I'm not quite sure what the sanction for that is going to be, but I'm going to carry this along. Although the jury may be instructed to disregard something, they can't unhear it. And so now he has done what he sought out to do, in my opinion, and he has let the jury know that I have, quote, done this before. Defendant goes on to say, okay, she wasn't working right before that because she had worked for somebody else and had settled something there. And right there, she is trying once again to bring in my prior lawsuit. The defendant did violate that motion in limine by bringing that up and the judge agreed. The judge says, ma'am, there is not a question on the table. Wait for the question. I'm going to instruct you not to make spontaneous statements that are not in response to a question. Then the defendant says, well, she was saying that I didn't. And then the judge yelled. He said, excuse me? In my opinion, at this point, the defendant had been warned by the judge on four separate occasions. And if you'll notice, directly after the last warning where the judge really did yell. He raised his voice and yelled at her. Immediately, the defendant's attorney stops questioning her. I wonder if at this point, he just wanted to get her off the stand so that the judge would not be annoyed with her anymore and it wouldn't look bad in front of the jury. Defendant, my testimony is there's 1,700 pages on GOMI that include comments from Crystal, yes. Sarah, and you determined that those comments were from Crystal by what you believe you told her, is that right? Defendant, yes. In the documents that you brought, you would have, it makes sense that you would have taken the one that you say, I know that Crystal made this post because she's the only one in the world who would have known this information about my lease. Defendant, I could, I could, you have the police record. I couldn't tell you exactly which post. They were printing them off as well. 
okay, but it's your testimony today that my client has continued posting about you. Defendant, absolutely yes. Sarah, what we do know is that you have continued posting about my client. If there is a finding that you defamed my client, will you stop posting? Defendant, I don't have a choice. Defendant, if the court tells me I have to, then I have to. The False and Defamatory podcast is hosted, edited, and produced by me, Crystal Wrighton, with music by Harry B. Ragsdale, who also serves as my audio engineer. First and foremost, I would like to thank my guests who generously shared their time and insight with us. I would also like to thank my husband, my mom, my children, my therapist, my attorneys, and trusted friends who walked with me through this process and made this podcast possible. Being able to finally speak the truth is incredibly healing, and I appreciate you listening more than I could actually accurately express. If you would like to continue receiving my latest episodes and stay up to date with my content, please subscribe to the False and Defamatory podcast on your preferred podcast platform and follow False and Defamatory on social media with the handle at False and Defamatory. Links to False and Defamatory social media as well as my blog can be found in the episode notes and on falseanddefamatory.com. Listening to the False and Defamatory podcast is free on most platforms. However, if you prefer a video podcast or would like to see the documents discussed in the podcast shown on screen, you can subscribe to my Patreon, where you will enjoy these benefits as well as early access, bonus content, and ad-free listening. The defendant spread her false and defamatory claims to hundreds of thousands of followers for more than two years. My goal is to share the truth so it can reach each person who heard her lies. By sharing this podcast, you can help me achieve that goal. Your support means everything to me and helps me reach a wider audience. So please, hit that subscribe button and share this podcast podcast with those you think would benefit from it. Thank you again for sharing and for listening. All social media posts referenced in this podcast were included in the evidence in case number 096-321-67820 in the 96th District Court of Tarrant County, Texas, where the jury unanimously ruled in my favor on August 24, 2022. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the False and Defamatory podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by the guests are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the view of the False and Defamatory podcast or Crystal Wrighton. Please do not make any attempts to reach out to the defendant or her followers. Names have been redacted to protect the privacy of the defendant and her army of followers who commented on her public posts. The unanimous jury verdict has not only provided me with justice, but also allows me to share my story. The purpose of this podcast is to share the truth and to provide educational content regarding defamation and social media. If you have any questions about this or to view the documents discussed in this episode, please visit falseanddefamatory.com.